I'm ready. I'm ready to oh. learn. <laughs> Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Your home for in-depth news discussions, reviews, and deep dives into movies, television shows, and music, with a special emphasis on diversity and the Black experience. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts can be found. And you can also find us on all social media under the handle at SSN Podcast or at our website, SSNPodcast.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Today is Sunday, November 10th, 2019. My name is Brandon, and I'm here with Latria. What's up? Ali. Hello. And Ken. What it is. All right. So we're here to talk about um, what we've seen this week and in um, TV and movies, maybe a little bit of music as well, a little bit of news. Um, But first, we got to talk, we got to do this early because I know Ken has to run, but nigga, we got to talk about Dr. Motherfucking Sleep. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We got to do it now. Language. Um, Yes, yes, Captain America. I understand. Uh, so, <laughs> unless... Well, so, people were claiming they haven't seen the trailers and stuff, so I guess I was going to say, unless you've been living under a rock, but apparently everybody has. Um, Doctor Sleep is the new movie from Warner Brothers. It is a adaptation of Stephen King's sequel to his popular 1977 book, The Shining, which, of course, was made into a movie in 1980 nobody liked at the time. But it's now considered a classic of modern cinema. The movie, and um, in turn, is a sequel to. It's a sequel to the movie. It's not a sequel to the novel. It's, it's yes. not. Yeah, it's, it, there you are. It's a sequel to the. It's a sequel. To, you're right. It's a sequel to the movie, but with most. But taking the uh, not. But you know, of course, taking like direction from the novel on what the story should be. Right. But it's also court. In a in a strange turn of events, it's course correcting the things Stephen King did not like about the original Shining. Yes. Yeah, so, for those who don't know, the original Shining, the one directed by Stanley Kubrick, that um, stars uh, Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, and God, what's the name of the little boy? I don't know the little boy's name. Who played Danny Torrance? I should look that up. Uh, or somebody look that up for me, right quick. Who played? I'll look it up. All right. Um, you know, it's about you know this family who uh, the dad gets hired to be the caretaker of the Overlook Hotel deep in the mountains of Colorado. You know, they're going to get snowed in, so they have to stay, stay there over the whole winter. Turns out, of course, that the hotel is haunted, and the ghosts basically infect the dad's brain and um, drive him to try to murder his wife and his child. Okay, the child's name was Danny Lloyd. He's a teacher now. Okay. And so, you know, it's, you know, a classic of modern cinema. But the thing is, Stephen King hated The Shining, the movie. 
because he felt like Jack Nicholson was the wrong choice to play Jack Torrance, the father, because, I mean, Jack Nicholson can't help. He looks like, you know, he's about three seconds away from having a nervous breakdown and killing somebody. He, that's just his look. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea was Stephen King wanted Jack Torrance to look unassuming. And unassuming. Go, and go crazy gradually over the course of the story. Similarly, Shelley Duvall, he felt, you know, looked too much like she was ready to be a scream queen in the first reel of the movie, you know, popping eyes and everything like that, you know. Speaking of popping she, eyes, she was in Popeye have, the same year. She did have those eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Olive oil. Yeah, she played olive oil, of course. <laughs> it literally <laughs> looks like her. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. And so, at, I think it was in 97, sometime in the 90s, Stephen King um, produced his own miniseries TV version of The Shining. And during this time, he wrote Dr. Sleep, which I think was published in 2001. I'm looking up right now. We're going to see what it was. It was like 2011. It was more recent. Yeah, it was more recent than that. Um, 2013. Oh, 13. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's the sequel to the original book where it's set more or less in the modernish day. Danny Torrance is now grown. He's still sort of haunted by what happened to him back in 1980. And dealing with, you know, like the demons of his past and trying to run from them. Meanwhile, there's this band of, well, I mean, it's simple to call them just simply vampires, more or less. These beings who look for children. Psychic. Yeah, psychic vampires. Yeah. They look for children who have what um, Jack Halloran, the um, old black man played by Scatman Crothers and played by Carl Lumbee in this new movie what they call The Shining, basically clairvoyance and sort of kind of, you know, like the ability to have essentially like uh, mind power, mind control powers, more or less. Uh, these, um, this band of, you know, like um, people, they go looking for these children to kill them, murder them, and take their, use their, take their shining to keep them young. Like one guy uh-huh. has been there for, he's like 2,000 years old. And they basically like prey on children and take like their to kill them and take their like uh, ability and use that to make themselves young. And so there's a little black girl. Well, she's a little mixed girl. Her dad is black. Her mom is white. Uh, her name is Abra, Abra Stone, as in Abracadabra. Uh, <laughs> she lives in New Hampshire, and she has like. You know, like these abilities, this shining on a level that Danny did when he was young, like a very strong, like, um, level of power, basically. And she ends up accidentally, like, getting a, like, a psychic projection of um, them killing these children. And they start, they come looking for her because they're like, I've never felt power like that in a long time. That's um, Rebecca Ferguson playing the, the ringleader, Rose the Hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call her because she wears this like like um, this top hat, kind of like a magician's hat all the time. Question: mm-hmm. In the original Shining, who had the power? The woman? No, Danny, little boy. Like okay. it, in the actual books, I started like reading. Well, I so Jack having... Nicholson was just crazy. Yeah, well, no, he, he went crazy. The hotel drove him crazy. It possessed him. Oh, and then the so the little boy had psychic powers, right? And then the mama, she didn't have anything. She didn't have anything. He was trying to warn the parents, you know, something's going to happen in this hotel. Because, like... Oh, okay, okay. I yeah, you. the way that um, little Danny described, tried to describe it to himself, is that he made, a, a, he made up an imaginary friend named Tony, 
And mm-hmm. Tony, quote unquote, would tell him things. Okay, gotcha. And so, so like, in so in Doctor Sleep, the older man is the little boy from The Shining. Yes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And even though he still has his powers, he rarely uses them because he's kind of like terrified of what'll happen. The only way he uses them is whenever one of those ghosts from the old hotel comes back, uh-huh. he traps them in his mind, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in your head. Mm-hmm. But what's he's so actor's, powerful. What's the actor's name? Um, Ian McGregor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know he looked familiar, but I was like, "Why can I?" Okay, okay, yeah. And so when the little the, when they they start coming after the little black girl, uh, she has already been sort of kind of like, uh, I guess you could say, psychic pen palling with Danny, because she was just happy to sort of kind of meet somebody who was like her. Like they never met in person, just a little like you know, like he he has like a wall that's a chalkboard, and she writes messages on it, and so mm-hmm. like they team up together to try to figure out how they can protect her. And mm-hmm. it sort of kind of turns into the two of them banding together just to stop these bad guys from hurting other children and figuring out, like, where their last murder was. Okay. Because at first you think, oh, the white man's going to save the little black girl. But no, it turns into more of a team a team thing. And they take, they track, they track um, them back to the hotel because the hotel being haunted is a place where they can, you know, use the power of the hotel to their advantage. That's essentially what the movie is. I'm I'm jumping over all the spoilers, but like I will say, it's not scary. Uh, calling it a horror movie is kind of a misnomer, almost. It's more of a psychological thriller at best. But really, uh, and Ken said this when he saw it a couple of days ago. It's the best Dark Phoenix movie that has ever been made. <laughs> 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 because listen. What is the little black... What is her name? What is the actress's name who's playing um, Abra? Her name is... Because we'll be saying it a lot during this podcast. It is Kylie Curran. She is going to be a star. Warner Brothers needs to, right now, start making for your consideration ass for her for best actress. Because if even if she don't get no Oscar or whatever, she's winning something from somebody. Because she took this movie and ran with it. She stared at all these vampire white people's faces. Was like, I ain't studying y'all. <laughs> I was literally in the theater because, like, it was sparse enough that nobody could hear me. I literally did do the Z formation at one point. <laughs> Listen, this movie. So I give it a B plus. The first two acts are A plus, like like um, Ralphie's teacher on uh, a Christmas story. A plus 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 plus. But the third act at the Overlook Hotel is not as good as the rest. It's no, it's not bad. It's just that it feels like this is the point where they have to try to do much of the callback they've been, vo- been avoiding for most of the first two acts. Yeah. Most of the oh look, it's the Overlook Hotel. Remember this room? Remember that room? Remember when Jack Nicholson had the axe? You know, all that kind of stuff. They don't use clips from the original, but they recreate the clips. <laughs> they reshot they everything. Did. They did, but and they also did like slight homages to the film. Like, remember when they were uh traveling up in the third act when they're traveling back up to the Overlook Hotel? Yeah, they do the same exact shots over again from the opening of the original film. Well, well, it not well inspired because like that it takes place in winter. That one took place in summer. Yeah. 
Yeah, when they drove up. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm saying, like the front, like they're going past the same oh. like landmarks in the same oh, yeah, yeah, camera yeah. angles, and like you know, of course, when um, when Abra first realizes the little boys that um, they're killing these children, and she mm-hmm. writes red rum on uh, Danny's wall. Yep. Nope. <laughs> like it, it's it's neat because Abra's having a lot of fun with her powers. Yeah. Yeah, at first she's having fun with them because she doesn't realize how powerful she is. Mm. But like, um, but I mean, the movie is really goddamn good. Um, there's like, especially one sequence. I'm not really gonna spoil it too much, but just a little, maybe a little light spoiler. Because um, there's not really much to spoil. So I'm just telling you what the movie is. You should go see the goddamn movie. Uh, you don't need to have a spoiler review from us for this. But like, there's one scene where Rose they had when she's trying to find um, Abra. She astral projects to try to go to the city and find where the house is. And they show her floating, like her consciousness floating through the air and floating through space. And there's a shot of her just above the globe, just floating like Superman, just just out there. And I was just like, I was in the, I said, bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking good. Woo. So what's the okay? So in this movie, why does he go back to that hotel? Well, hello, can you hear us, kid? Yeah, I lost you guys for a minute there. Oh, I don't oh, know. What uh oh. Um, but yeah, she goes back to the hotel because, like, when they're trying to capture these vampire people, he goes back mm. to the hotel so that they can use the power of the hotel to their advantage. Basically, oh, it's, it's a trap. So he was still he was still in the same town though. Oh no, no, he, they saying. were they were on the west coast. They were on the east coast. The hotel is in Colorado. They drove two thousand miles. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a good movie. It is long. It's an hour and a half on the nugget. Oh, two hours and a half on the nugget. I was about to say, an hour and a half isn't long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it's worth it because the movie keeps going. It's like, it never, it's long. You know it's long, but it doesn't feel slow. Right. They do a great job of explaining things in a very short and discreet way or showing things. Right. Um. I have very few complaints about it. Um, like she said, the third act really wasn't that strong. Um, but I understand why they did it. It was basically them tying up loose ends because I don't want to spoil anything. But basically in the original Shining, the ending in the movie is different from the ending in the book. Very different. So mm-hmm. what they did was they kind of took the ending from the book, the first Shining, and put it in this movie. Yes, they did. In a way and um, reworked it. Now, um and the also um what else um definitely uh the black girl in the movie uh Abra she is awesome and wonderful um what else what other points I wanted to make the movie succeeds because it's not like uh Kareem was saying and I actually said this before to other people it it's a great movie because it's not the shining uh it didn't try to copy Stanley Kubrick because who's going to be able to follow Stanley Kubrick Nobody. I mean it's Zack Snyder um, <laughs> it's a but, very different movie so much so that if you want to watch them both you can't watch them together you have to be like watch one one night watch one the second night you got to separate it a little bit yeah they're not that close to it right um, this is not a horror movie at all it's more of a thriller um, the, uh, a thriller pretty yeah, much it's, a thriller. <laughs> it's uh and what else did I really like about this movie um, I thought I don't think it, it wasn't very ostentatious. It's not like they tried to do a lot of flashy things, um, but it told the story well. 
and it knew the story it had. Um, and one thing I didn't like was like he said there were psych- basically the characters, uh, the villains like Rosa Hat, the Crow, etc. They're psychic vampires. Mm-hmm. One problem I had was you really didn't see besides mm-hmm. Rose the Hat, you none of them, none of the other villains really got a lot of uh, face time or using their powers a lot. It's more like there's a bunch of vampire. It's a vampire coven standing around being luscious and um, taught and be, and uh, loitering. Yeah, that's pretty much what they do. Uh, whereas Rose is actively looking for uh, children to feed on. Right. Um, I don't. I don't want to give away too much. So I feel like I gave away some because I, I. I'm. I'm so glad that like the really the the trailers don't do the movie justice. Like it really doesn't tell you a lot. They the trailers did their job. They did enough to get you interested and pull you in. Whereas the story is different than what you would expect from seeing the tra- the trailers. Um, there's more to it. Uh, a friend of mine actually said it seems like Doctor Sleep could have been a miniseries on TV. The way, like, the, as much story was it put into this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, I could very easily see that. Um, like I said, all the acting was great. Great, really. Uh, Avril was the lead main character. I know we were saying like she is a co-lead, but really, for like it, uh, Danny, Danny. Well, I'll say this: she's pretty much the lead for the whole second act. Yes. Uh, um, Danny's kind of there, but he's not. He is there, but he doesn't have as strong a presence as she does right. um, until like the third act, uh, when he face, has to face some of his own own demons, aka the ghost from the Overlook Hotel. Right. Um, some of the criticisms I saw about this, some people were mad that it didn't follow up on The Shining, the original uh, movie, which I think is sad. That, it like, did, though. I, no, no, they the stylistically and everything, they oh. expected more. It, it, like you said, it's two different movies. <laughs> it's, like that movie, that's The Shining is a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. This this is a superhero movie. Yeah, they go too many places in the story for it to be have that same feel. Right. It's It's not a haunted house movie. Uh, so that's the thing. Like, and people were expecting that when you hear The Shining, they're 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 like they're expecting a return to the Overlook Hotel. You know, you're supposed to check into room two thirty seven or whatever it was. Two thirty seven. You got it. And um, you know, we're supposed to get all see all the same characters and maybe see some new things or whatever. But that's not what the book was about, right? Uh, because this is like that's just one part of a kid's story. And the, the, but I mean, I can see that, but I'm not mad at it because I don't think, like I said, Stanley Kubrick basically took Stephen King's basic story and made it his own. Right. So if that means if you wanted something that was a sequel, you need somebody who, I don't know if we have any Stanley Kubrick light directors who could take his place, but who's going to follow Stanley Kubrick in that type of vision? Like I, I mean, I mean, what are we going to do? Alfonso Cuarón, uh, Mike could have done it, perhaps, but uh, maybe. But I mean, still, a, what a haunted road trip movie. Mm. <laughs> I mean, um, has one been done? That could be a pretty cool idea. Um, uh, a TV series, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, is coming. That's basically a haunted road trip movie. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. Scooby and the Gang. Yeah. Um, pretty much Scooby Doo. We'll talk about uh, that later mm-hmm. too. Uh, Guillermo could do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could. But the thing is, Stanley Kubrick's, it was beyond that, there was a lot of hidden meaning in it beyond it just being a horror movie. Right. Like, he, that, like, there are documentaries based on how much stuff was in that movie and hidden meaning. Like, even in, like, the behind the scene, like, they, it's like somebody took footage 
of like them talking about a scene and Stanley Kubrick was dropping hints in the behind the scenes about the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, uh, what kind of Russian doll shit is this? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, what else did I really like? Like I said, it's very much a Dark Phoenix story, which Marvel should take notes. Mm-hmm. Um, this the director I can't remember his name. His name right is now. Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. He did Gerald's Game, which is on Netflix. Also, The Haunting of Hill House. I think that's the name of the show. Yes. Yeah. He wrote and directed and conceived that he's going to get a season mm. two, which is based on a different book. I still he's haven't also- seen Gerald's Game. Oh, Gerald's Game is so good. It is like, it's, an, it's a Stephen King novella. Um, oh, see, I knew there was a reason why, because I was like, I feel like this it's is It's really scary. not scary. It's like, it's, it's Stephen- like... Can it is me? It's Stephen King. It's I mean, scary. you will be fine. Every Stephen King <laughs> not about, story isn't scary. Like Carrie's not scary; it's just gory. I mean, so were you scared of the Shawshank Redemption? No, that's Stephen King. That's Stephen King. Stand by me. Shut up. Stand by me. Yeah. Yeah. The somebody. somebody the well, story about too. the kids. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-six. I got the box. I got that? the box right here. Uh, who's in this damn who's movie? Who's in it? Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, Kiefer Sutherland, River Phoenix, Will Wheaton. This was back when they were young. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I never saw that. When they were little okay. kids. Based on the based that. on the novella The Body by Stephen King, because you know The you wanna, Body. Nope. You want you want to see a dead body? You know, it's that. No, no, no. Latria, the only the only weird thing about it's not my jarry about this movie is the fact that the story is pretty much about these kids who find a dead body and what. You know, and that, that's right. pretty much it. I mean, the um, scariest Stephen King things like Pet Cemetery and It. Yeah. Especially yeah. It, because it's just like it can up it can literally appear anywhere as anything and just kill you right there on the spot. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. So the the whole so the movie is just you being really tense because right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, but it chapter two is not that scary. It chapter one, I rewatched it um mm. yesterday. It's still scary. Mm. <laughs> You thought It Chapter 1 was, like, the new version? Not, not, not to the point where I couldn't watch it, but, like, it is scary, yes. It I'm is not, not scary. Either. I'm not doing either of them. It is not scary. Y'all do make me want to see Dr. Sleep, though, just for that little black girl. It's yeah. worth it. it. It's worth it. It's really worth it to see it for her. Hmm. I'll, I'll think about it. I mean... The only thing that you might find I mean, really I'll scary... Have, I would go at, like, the very first showing. Yeah. <laughs> like nine, oh. 9 o'clock in the morning. Only thing <laughs> like I would I, say you like might... Like I did with Sorry. us. Oh, Lord. <laughs> only thing you might find really scary, and this really isn't a spoiler, there's one scene where they show them murdering one of the children. You can sort of kind of go to the restroom during that part and just understand <laughs> what happened. <and> come back. <laughs> I just closed my eyes. Yeah, and some people got mad that they show, like, showed that. I was like, y'all know this is a horror, like, uh, supposed to be a quote-unquote horror movie, right? Even though it isn't really one, but it was marketed as one. You gotta show somebody getting murdered. And did they oh, not know Stephen movie. King? Like, what is happening? Like, people are like, oh, and, w- and that was a waste of the little boy from, um, from, um, the actor was really good. Uh, what's his name? What is his name? Uh, I got the page open right here. Little he's, little uh, but Bradley. he was the one. Jay- he's- it's Tremblay! Jacob, yeah. Is it yeah. is it Jacob Tremblay? Yeah, it's Tremblay. Oh, <laughs> Jacob. Hey, hey, he sold it. Yeah, because he's he is he's a good, good actor. Because I just knew knew him from I knew he was a good actor when I saw him in Room. I haven't, and I saw him in oh, Good Boys. Yeah. You got to see him in that one with Julia Roberts. Oh my God, is that Wonder? Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, that movie's so good. That little boy is amazing. But yeah, so it, uh, what's your letter grade for Dr. Sleep, Ken? I give it an A-. minus. All right. All right. So speaking to Stephen King, artist said I rewatched It Chapter 1 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Cussing-ass cussing children and that killing-ass clown. Why, so why did you rewatch that? Oh, uh, because I got the, uh, the Blu-ray and I was watching it as I put oh, it into okay. my collection. Um, that movie is good. It's really good. No, you, you keep them clowns over there. <laughs> mm. Clowns. Mm-mm. What's the matter, Richie? I'm not real enough for no, you. No, no. <laughs> See, now you understand how I feel when he does that. Stupid I'm about clowns. to throw these headphones. Now <laughs> signing off. <laughs> Latria said, "I'm never um, putting a, a paper boat into the um, the gutter of the, the rain gutter Look, ever again. You take your red balloons and you <laughs> shove them somewhere in the sun don't shine, okay? And I don't have and I don't have any it. I don't have any potted plants in my home. Not doing <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, so I saw that. Um, so on new on Netflix this month is a lot of black mm-hmm. stuff. They like strong black lead. Follow them on." Twitter or Facebook if you're not already following them because they put out the list of the black shit that gets added to Netflix. Yes. Uh, oh, wait. Let, um, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so I watched um, Love Jones for the second time ever because mm-hmm. I bought... Because so my friend group, because Quadras, Love Jones is, is his favorite movie ever. And it's- him... And our, our and our friends, some of our friends, like the other Brandon and Lisa and all of them, when they found out I had not seen Love Jones, they clowned me mm-hmm. for a good strong while. Yes, deservedly. So I went and bought the DVD, like blind. It's like you know, this is um, um, required Negro viewing. I have to go ahead and just own it. It's five dollars anyway. And I did not enjoy it. I thought it was awful because uh-huh. the thing is this, and I realized when I saw it on Netflix, I think Love Jones was probably one of the first DVDs ever manufactured. And so, like, it looks awful on DVD and sounds awful. It's dark. It's damn near monochrome, dingy, and the sound is bad. On Netflix, it was like a whole different movie. Like, it burst alive with blues and teals and mahoganies and sepias. It was great. Like, the story does meander a little bit, but, like, I think I said it was a C-plus when I first saw it. It's an A-minus. It really is. It's, it's all about mood and vibe and everything. And Lorenz Tate and Nia Long and Bill Bellamy and Lisa Nicole Carson looking beautiful and everything, you know. It's a really good movie. It's on Netflix now, so that means you can watch it. Because I know how y'all are out there. If it ain't on Netflix, I ain't gonna watch it. So it's on Netflix. No excuses. Also on Netflix is the original 1976 Sparkle, which I don't need to ever rewatch. I watched it way too many times, as it is anyways. Um... It's not a good movie, but it's entertaining. Um, have, y'all have seen Sparkle, right? No. Yeah. Um, it's not good, but it's entertaining. It mm-hmm. um, was Joel Schumacher's first script in Hollywood. Mm. Um, yeah. After this, after this, he got hired to write every black movie that came out for the next two years. <laughs> oh God. Because <laughs> he also wrote Car Wash and The Wiz. Never seen either of those either. You have seen The Wiz, Latria. Oh well, The Wiz live. You never saw. Uh, I, oh, you ever seen Diana Ross? Go, okay, good. Oh look, I, look, I tried. Look I Jesus. tried. <laughs> I tried, and I think I got like thirty minutes in, and I got bored, and so I just stopped. 
God is good. God, listen, look at God. Look at God. But I enjoyed the live, the live one that came on. A couple it's years an ago. entire different story. Oh, okay. Because Joe okay. Joe Schumacher <laughs> took that shit and just he pissed all over it. I'm sorry. Do y'all who like the 1978 The Wiz with Diana Ross? Sorry to that man. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to sound ridiculous, but I don't know who this man is. Sorry to this man. <laughs> uh, but Car Wash is better. That's probably his best script that he wrote before um, the good, the Lost Boys. I would say. I like mm-hmm. Car Wash a lot. Uh, but yeah, Sparkles up there. Superfly is up there. Cleopatra Jones is up there. Yeah, and Undercover Brother Part Two, which is brand new from Universal, starring Michael Jai White. <laughs> I saw that, and I'm like, Wait, they made a part when two? did a Part Two come out? Because but why? Uh, it's the direct-to-video movie. Uh, Universal uh. and Warner Brothers still make a bunch of those. The other studios. But when did though, it come out though? Like literally, the DVE comes out Tuesday, oh. or it can't. No, it came out last Tuesday. Like, it's brand new. It is also on oh, Netflix. Oh, okay. Who was in the original Undercover Brother? Eddie Griffin. Okay, that's what I thought. Michael Jai White. That's a that's a difference. <laughs> you got you got to put everybody on. People got to put them on Apple boxes the whole. <laughs> oh lord! And let out all the suits. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess they got them in there because of Black Dynamite. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, like anything else that I saw, um, so we'll get to bigger in a second. Trying to make sure I got everything else down. I think that's everything. This is like a really busy week. And of course, I'm still watching Riverdale and I'm still going to be, you know, reviewing it with Moji over at TV Movie Mistress. Riverdale is still a goddamn mess. But I will say, (laughs) Roberto always does a good Halloween episode. Because, you know, he loves horror movies. The Halloween episode this year was literally based around Halloween, the Michael Myers franchise. Where, like, all the teenagers are being bedeviled by, you know, like, serial killers, basically. Mm -hmm. Because it's Riverdale, and they actually have real serial killers, like, just randomly popping up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The best segment... I say best was entertaining, but in real life, that had to be fucking terrifying that ever had happened. Was where, because Veronica runs Pop's Chocolate Shop now. And she was there working by herself when a random dude came in to um, have a meal. And then on the news, it's like, be aware, look out for this serial killer who's going around in a trucker's outfit after he killed the trucker at the truck stop. And Veronica turns the TV off. Looks over at old boy. Old boy looks at her and starts running after her. She's like, <gasps> <laughs> no, Lord. Uh, but it was really, it was really good. Um, Archie has a new friend named Mad Dog or Monroe. I think they started calling him finally. He has the actual name. He's black. I was just about to ask: Is he black? He's black. He's twenty <laughs> years old, and he's he's built like a, a god. Oh, so you tuned in, huh? <laughs> so he's so he's skinny. He's, he's skinny and toned. No, he's not. He is not skinny. He's skinny. Brandon is not missing an episode. He is not skinny, but there's no, re- but there's no reason that this 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 grown ass looking man is allowed to attend Riverdale <laughs> High School. This is where the right. I'll be mean, the writing already. Sort of kind of gets. He might have. Wait, he, I you thought know, you said he you was know people get held back a couple of times. Yeah, he, he's. Can you go? I mean, they still let you they in do. high school when you were twenty. Down they do. But, uh, yes. They don't Hell, push you they, forward anymore. They got some people in middle school is like 15, 16. Right. But I'm saying like, I mean, he just like, he 
pays bills someplace. <laughs> <laughs> he got a light bill in his name. Right. I don't know. I know some little kids who got a light bill in their name. Right. So. Back up You're from right. the microphone a little bit, Ken. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you say you sound like you um um doing a, a broadcast from like a, a megaphone. Um, but yeah, so also Ali came over yesterday because he wanted to see bigger. And so we watched the entire uh season one, like from like start to finish. So I saw the five episodes I had not seen yet as well. I don't know That is that is not a high school student. That is not a high school student. <laughs> you, you looked up a picture of, of uh Monroe. Uh, what's his that's name? A, e, e, um, is Eli uh, Gore? No, that's a prison drama. What's going on here? Well, they he met Archie in juvenile detention. Latria, let me let me look up Mad Dog Riverdale. What kind of prison? What kind of prison? St- what, what's going on here? That's no. He's not in high school. That's not in high school. Um, yeah, Eli Gore is the actor's name. That's no Gore. G O R E E. Yeah. Why does he look familiar? Because he's been Actually, on a bunch look, of stuff. I was about to say he looks like he's been in, in movies. This like nigga is past. like thirty five. <laughs> yeah, look at, that, that's not a high school student. Look at him. Wait, that dude is not passing for high school. Why does he have this afro? He looks so <laughs> familiar. He looks like he's in the wrong. He looks like he's in the wrong era too. He does. I don't know if it's the seventies or the fifties. Like I feel like his abs are too defined. Like it's just, his whole I'm, everything is too some defined. Ain't, some ain't right. I mean, I, I and keep I looking. Love it. <laughs> you, you stop it! You stop it over there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you know yeah. what? You know what's funny? I'm looking at the tweet from Riverdale. Back up! Back up! Back up! Back, back up! Back up! You're too close. You're too you close. Okay. closer. <laughs> you said further away. <laughs> All right, there I'm looking go. at the street. I'm looking at the street from Riverdale, uh-huh. and they have his picture with shirtless, and they said, and it's titled "You're Welcome." <laughs> oh, God. No, no. They got Riverdale. another one. They got another one that says, "Mad Dog could get it." Lord, get the I... blood of Christ. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, really? Just chill. All of that. Stop that. Stop it. <sighs> well, Stop it right now. Know. Okay. Okay. You know what? Now I know where I saw him from. What was he in? He, uh, he was on Pearson. He was the communication. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was a because when I, yeah, but I didn't know all of that was up under that suit. <laughs> My God! Okay, you can, you can listen, Latria. You can wash three loads of clothes on that. <laughs> well, you know, now that Pearson is off, I guess let me start catching up on Riverdale. Oh my God! Whoa! It's out there washing Jesus. clothes. It's like an MMA fighter up under there. Mm, no, not it. No. Yeah, in episode mm-hmm. three of the season, they had a um, a car wash at Pops, of course, which required all the boys uh, to take uh, their shirts off. Yeah, I bet they did. Uh-huh. That's what that picture right. that I found of the, all the all the Riverdale boys posed with shirts off and Kevin in the front with all the money um, popping bands because he was collecting the money for the car wash. He was so, like, uh, he like he's about to start throwing it like they was going to strip. Mm, they, <laughs> Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but that, yeah. Everybody, because everybody on Riverdale looks like they they, they should be selling fruit of the looms. <laughs> <laughs> Cal- Calvin Klein. 
Calvin Klein. It's like Nothing they, comes between me and my Calvin. It's like when they cast you, they're like, so you have a gym membership, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Do so, you even lift? Yeah, we. so we'll have a shuttle to take you back and forth from the gym to the set. <laughs> right, I feel like, like so- this goes against all of... Uh, all of um, Ali's like uh, West Indian Christian values. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Anyways, bigger. Yes, bigger. So we talked about bigger last time. That is, you know, a new show on BET Plus streaming service, uh, mm-hmm. executive produced by Will Packer and created by Felicia um, Marie, I believe. Um, I, they're actually following us all now, so hopefully they can like tweet at us what the pronunciation of the name should be. But listen, y'all have to watch this fucking show. I understand BET Plus, new streaming service or whatever. Maybe rent it for a month and whatever like that, but you have to see this program. This is the I'm show... I'm at Ali drove always to your house when he could have just got a free trial. <laughs> right, he spent more money in gas. Right, Ali was like, did. I refuse. He's like, I'm not gonna get caught up and have to pay for this. So I'm just gonna drive to Brandon's house. But like, but you, listen, and Ali said this while he's watching. He's like, why don't they make more shows like this? It's so reg. It's I don't want to say regular, but like how insecure is. Mm-hmm. Imagine insecure with a slightly with a more of an ensemble cast. And basically. it's in Atlanta, right? And it's set is in it Atlanta. Set yes. In Atlanta? It's, okay. Like, it's insane to me how, like, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I take that back. It's very obvious what people want nowadays from TV, right? What's popular is what what um, people, big wigs, see is get, getting the numbers in terms of viewership. Right. And so that's what you keep getting every year, year in, year out, right? Right. But then you have shows like Insecure. You have shows like, like Bigger who are out here, and it's just... It's showing really down to earth, um, black human black people, thirty something year old people who aren't like out here just there to like be the thug or be the loud black friend or be right. The, right. or be the the person who is done on their luck um with a criminal past, but right. but man, do I love my white girlfriend? <laughs> right. right. A lot, like, I think all five of these characters are down on their luck, but not in the way of like, they all have jobs. They're all doing okay. It's just that they aren't living their best lives is what it is. Yeah. And so it's about each of them in succession trying to figure out how to win their best, live their best lives. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's, yeah, there's, and there's some very cathartic scenes in this. Like, um, there's one scene I, where I rewound it and watched it twice. I might watch it a third time. Where uh, one character quits his job, mm-hmm. and yeah. I can't, I, I can't even spoil it for you. Um, but listen, I need that. I, I need a gif of that scene. <laughs> I mean, honestly, 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 you've already explained on the show um, how you feel about your job. And <laughs> the fact that you're saying, the fact that you're saying it's a very cathartic scene that you see that you want to rewind makes people think, you know. They, we have a general idea of what you might have seen on this scene. <laughs> want to rewind it over and over again. <laughs> right? But the, the characters, they feel, like he said, they feel like, like they could be friends of yours. Yes. Right? And like they, I told you, I, I swear, like, Ken, because people, some people uh-huh. that we mutually know, I swear to God, they have stalked us and stalked them and wrote down little notes and made a program about it. Because, <laughs> listen, whenever you see this show, 
I will send you the list of people who each of these characters actually is as far as in our friend group. Like, I can appoint to you specific people and you'll be like, yes, yes. I just want to know which one is me. So that's all I care about. I don't really think... uh, So both of us are basically, um, what's his name? Dion, more or less. Me and you. Because Dion is the one who works in corporate America. Um, but yeah, this one because the one character is a DJ. Um, we know plenty of DJs. Uh, one character is sort of kind of like a hippie girl who's trying to run like a fashion boutique. In little five points. In little five points, we know who that person is. Um, one of them is a is a um, not a lawyer. She's a real estate agent who's very competitive. And the other one is um, a reality show um, wannabe star who sort of kind of doesn't really get to like they don't. It's not working for her, so she's trying to be a uh, YouTube influencer. Yeah, social media influencer and personality instead. And we definitely know who we, we listen. I'm telling you. <laughs> and uh, one of your favorite TV personalities makes a cameo appearance in one episode. Um, Ken, can't tell you who, but one of the people that you like on a program that you would enjoy watching makes a cameo appearance in the program. Don Lemon. No, not. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so Don Lemon appears on um, the um, the Oval. I was just about to say that, but as a joke, what? are you serious? Um, yeah, you know, he's, he's he's playing Don Lemon on CNN because they're watching CNN. Oh, okay. oh my god! Okay. But he oh, had to record god. that part, like it, it, yeah. he's reading, you know, actual dialogue. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Don. Lord. Okay, fine, whatever, dude. Whatever. And it's, the point is, though, back to back to the more positive part. Yeah. Everyone should really watch this show. It's 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 disappointing to me that it's on a network that it's on a streaming series that people well they're will using it hardly... as bait, and that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, but here's the thing: everything else on there isn't that good. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> it's like that's why I'm just like I'm mad because this should be on this should be like on HBO. This I heard like that First on... Wives Club was good. Yeah, that's also on there. I'll, I'll watch that next. That sounds like mess. Anyways. Oh, like, Jesus. Like, I I, I just, I just want to watch Mr. Packer, a good, please fast forward. Don't listen to him. I just want to watch <laughs> a good, like, a, just a feel-good down-to-earth, just black people just being black. Just being, being just chilling, whatever. And I like this. This is, and the girl they have to play the main character, Brandon, what's her name? Names. Christ, Christ, Christ. What is her name? Until, no, not Christ. No, it's not Christ. Her name is not Christ. Uh, her name is Tanisha Long. I knew it was Tanisha. Yeah. I couldn't remember what the last um, name was. It's Long. Tanisha Long. She is... She's perfect for the this role. Like, I think they grew her in a lab. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like, they had the script, and so they had to grow her first, and then they, they pitched the script. Right? right, like she she is perfect for this role. Everybody is doing a really good job, and sometimes you watch a show, and if, if it's like a like comedy drama, it sometimes the the jokes feel forced, but this it doesn't feel that way on this show. Um, no, the, the jokes feel natural, even when they use animation to enhance them. Yeah, like just, like when like when the penis came flows. out. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like the it just it just flows really well and. Yeah, it's. I don't know what else to say. Um, I'm just again disappointed. Like, why is it on this streaming service? Right. Yeah. Okay. And the last thing before I move on, um, just really quickly, um, 
Warner Brothers put out Popeye the Sailor Volume, Popeye the Sailor, the 1940s Volume 3, which is, you know, they're putting out Blu-rays of the color Popeye cartoons, uh, 14 at a time. And so this one is the last one I think I'll get before the cartoons just fall off a cliff and turn into just, you know, mush in the 1950s. But it's some um, good cartoons on here, including one of my favorite cartoons of all time, Olive Oil for President, where Popeye makes a bunch of misogynistic jokes about Olive Oil because she wants to run for president. She knocks him out, and he has a cartoon dream sequence about Olive Oil running for president and winning. Uh, it's problematic as fuck because it's misogynistic the whole way through. Because mm-hmm. um, Olive Oil's idea of um, what it'll be like for her to be president includes, you know, um, um, putting bows on all the streets and everything. Um, having women uh, take the place of a sheet for um, men to count when they go to bed at night, all this kind of stuff. But it's all anchored with this very cute song, If I Were President. That's how the, the old Max Fleischer and Famous Studios cartoons get you with a goddamn song. Every time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, Ken, what else have you been watching? Mm-hmm. So today, um, well, movie-wise, I also caught um, The Good Liar. Yes, which you said which was, was kind of more like the okay liar. Oh, the okay. <laughs> more like the more like the sad fibber. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, so the film, oh, uh, the good life. If you're not familiar with it, um, it stars Sir Ian McKellen and uh, uh, Dame uh, Helen uh, Helen M- Mirren. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's directed by um, Bill Condon, who did uh, Beauty and the Beast, the new one, and Dreamgirls. Yes, your your precious Dreamgirls. Yes, my precious Dreamgirls. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but it's the story of basically. Uh, so Ian McKellen plays a um, an older a um, how you call it? a grifter or a con man mm-hmm. uh, who looks up on this um, uh, basically a wealthy widow played by Hel- Helen Mirren. But turns out Helen Mirren has a secret of her own. And if you could, and if you've seen the trailer, you already know it's kind of like oh he thinks he's got her, but she's the one who's got him, mm-hmm. and it. And the um, film really does not deviate too much from that, except that uh, the fact that how she has him doesn't play out really until the very end. Um, and the thing is, to me, the film, it just, the script just didn't give a lot to work with. Uh, Ian McKellen and, and Helen Mirren are excellent. Um, but the story-wise, it's like, he's supposed to be a con man, but I feel like the con that they did in the movie to show as an example was just kind of like a little straightforward. And I didn't, and even the con they were trying to pull on Helen, Helen Mirren didn't seem that all of that intricate to me. Right. It, 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 didn't, it, it felt more or less like I'm getting over on somebody who's older, but this really like, oh, you should, you know, do such and such, you know, to try to get his money and I'm trying to make you love me and blah, 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 blah. Um, but the twist at the end in third act, it is great. It's, it, it, it's like a great bit of story. It builds on it. Right. But it's kind of like... Keep going, mm, I'll be right back. This is a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I think you didn't have a strong enough lead up to this. And I, I really wish I could kind of spoil it, but I'm not going to. Um, it, it it just didn't build up very well to that point. And the rest of the movie just kind of slogged through. Um, I will say, what's the name of the guy from um, Years and Years? With the big ears, uh, Latria. You watched that, right? Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. 
I can't remember his name either. Anyway, he plays a he does a great job playing off both those actors. Like okay. he doesn't like it could be very easy to lose ground to those two. Of course, I hate um, those two can just pretty much show up most of the time and be fine. Like right. Helen Mirren's like character, like she's supposed to be a little dowdy, so it's not like she has to do way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian McKellen, he does try to like he does have to he's on camera or on screen most of the time. Really, he's the lead. Uh, I mean, Helen Mirren is still a lead, but you get way more screen time with Ian McKellen. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of one of the problems with the film. It's kind of like he's a con man, but I don't like I don't find him charming. I don't find him. Uh, he doesn't. I mean, he's an older gentleman, so he doesn't have the sex appeal going for him. You know, I, I mean, if, unless he's at one of Brian Singer's parties, but that's neither here nor there. Gee, um, Jesus <laughs> Christ. He do go to them parties. He did go to them parties, though. That is public knowledge, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, there's oh. pictures. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, yeah, you gotta watch yeah, out for, it, for Sir Ian. It's, and he doesn't, and his cons don't seem that smart to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so it's kind of like, you know, your, your, your characters don't have to be likable, but there has to be something about them that makes them interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And beyond it, just being Ian McKellen doing a great job acting. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like, I just didn't find him that interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. there, it's like, it's supposed to be a thriller, but the, it's it's about as thrilling as seeing an old man be angry at somebody. I mean, yeah, it does get there, but you know, it's kind of like it's very tame. Um, I saw it compared to like, oh, like Hitchcock films and stuff like that, but modernized. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as versed on Hitchcock, but uh, I, you know, as Brandon or others, but I will say this: just because you compare something to a great films doesn't make it great itself. Right. Um, I mean, because like a, a lot of these things, we, there's a lot of cliche tropes we've seen before. I don't mind a film that holds back a little, but you have to give me something that's interesting somewhere else, either in the dialogue, something that makes me think of myself, it puts myself in the story. at least. And I didn't get that. I I didn't care about the characters. I didn't care, like, I knew Helen Mirren, in a sense, was in danger, but I didn't get a, but I they, like, kind of took that element away in the trailer when you know she's got a secret, too. And when Mm -hmm. you know she's going to turn the table, so I don't it's like, I mean, you do know in almost every movie, like, how things are going to end up. Like, it's always going to be, like, a happy ending nine times out of ten. But right. you kind of, but when the trailer takes that sense of agency out of things, it's kind of like, okay, so we're just going through the motions until the third act, where we have this big reveal. Which the big reveal scene was get good. We got we got an old people fight in there. Well, that's a spoiler. Oh, I love uh, me a good Helen Mirren fight. It. And it, it, it was Did just she okay. have an assault rifle? Because she real good with an assault rifle. <laughs> no, it was it was just an oh, oh you did you see red or something? Yes, I did. Right. <laughs> also, that movie that movie she had with Cuba Gooding Jr. where she was an assassin was oh mm. god so. But good. I mean, it was just like it was bit like it was just a little bit of a fight like you like a fight you would see if two old people really did start fighting. <laughs> Now I'm like picturing two old people like fighting in the parking lot of grocery stores, <laughs> like running their carts. And t- <laughs> it's like me, it's me and uh, Sarah Jane, we on site. <laughs> I see you, and I'd be like, "Bitch, I'm gonna cut you two in the fry." <laughs> Run up, oh, Sarah Jane. Side note: Why did a friend like we, me and my, like some of my friends who are in the comic books, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we were joking about next year we should all dress up like Batman characters, like Batman villains. <laughs> and just and somebody fighting. said I should be Joker because I already laughed like him. I'm like, damn. And I heard Aww. it today. I'm like, I do. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's the Jared Leto Joker. <laughs> Not that Joker. That's the one on oh, purpose. Gosh. But uh, what else did I watch? I also watched The Politician today. The Which oh, on Netflix? Yes. I Did you, do you about like it. it? I liked it. You watched the whole series? Mm-hmm. Okay. It have you seen it? No. I'm I'm okay. still I'm debating on whether or not I want to start because I'm like, I don't know if I would like this. You I like heard it. that it's good, but it I mean it kind of I think it like starts off good, then it wanes and it gets better or something kind of like it, that. I mean, yeah, it's gonna it has that little wane in the middle. I, but yeah. to me, it only felt like one episode really kind of waned, but it was still good. They kept it short to eight episodes, which I think okay. was smart. Uh, really good production values. The thing is, it's a Ryan Murphy production. So, so, so oh, because okay. it's a it's a, it's a dramedy, but he kind of goes a little too far into satire mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, it's a very LGBTQ story in here, like weaved all through and with different characters. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Uh, the first episode is definitely the strongest episode. Uh, but it almost kind of ends. It's like, it, it, I couldn't remember what it reminded me of. But then I figured, oh, Doug Lee, just because of the way he takes care of like teen, uh, like teenage characters or writes them or whatever. It, it was mm-hmm. reminiscent, but it done better. It felt like it was elevated. Um, but I thought, you know, production values are excellent. Like you can tell they spent money on this. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow is nice. in there. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow is good. Uh, the only problem I had was, it, it, and just like Glee, and how Glee kind of like it had that feeling of like, oh, what do we do now? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do something like, you know how Glee kind of wrote itself into a corner, and he made this dramatic have, change. We're gonna have a Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a Kiki. Isn't that an actual song? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that they 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 kind of made that move, which it could work, because I kind of want to spoil a little bit, but I don't. But all I gotta say is, Papa Pope shows up with Judith Light, and it's not what you expect. Oh, wait and a the second. politician. Wait a second. Yeah. I started. Wait, I just realized I've been watching this. <laughs> why? 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 I'm just like, wow. Ken's talking about a show that I really. I could really get into. I'm like, oh wait, you're on. You're on episode two. Netflix just told me. <laughs> no lord. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Like, Ali just hit and play. He ain't paying attention. That's, I know, right? <laughs> Clearly, it's just mm-hmm. like, uh, well, they recommended this to me after I stopped watching this other show. So here we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely recommend to watch. Uh, Ju- uh, Jessica Lang is in there too. I didn't know she was. Yeah. With her granddaughter who has the blackest name ever, but is a white character. Infinity okay. Maybelline Jackson. Oh, oh wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a name. Uh, right. She plays a, uh, a, ch- a, ch- a child with perpetual cancer who uses her illness to get free shit. Oh, um, damn. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, <laughs> mm. well, she's ambitious. And <laughs> mm-hmm. What is this called again? Is this the same thing? 
The politician. The I politician. think you really enjoy it, Brandon, actually. You should at least watch the first episode. Okay. Uh, what else have I watched? Um, I'm trying to think. Did I watch anything else? I watched a few, few stand-up specials on Netflix, but um, nothing that really stood out to me. Like, I actually enjoyed Ellen's, but I think some, we've already talked about that. Um, yeah, I like hers, too. But uh, I write. I like to watch like the, I put in comedy specials when I'm cleaning my house. Move your mic back. Mm-hmm. Huh? Move your mic back. I'm sorry. Cool. I watch comedy specials when I'm cleaning my apartment. Um, to have them in the background. There's in, but it's like you got to be a real like. I don't know. Some comedy specials. It's just like I just I'm just not here for this anymore. Or I get tired of like. I hate to say it, I tried to watch um, Richard Pryor's. Uh, Comedy special on Netflix uh, from the mm-hmm. 1970s. I can't remember the name of it. Bicentennial, it, it, Bicentennial nigga? No. Uh, I'm trying to think which one. I don't, I don't know which one it could be. It could be a bunch. He had a bunch. Yeah. But it was good, but I... What, uh, I'm sorry. Oh. Don't yawn. Oh. What uh, <laughs> kind of took me out of it was I don't like... Um, like, I'm kind of over black people be like, white people be like jokes. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like okay, we've been doing these for like up ten years. It, it, it's like it's no longer funny. I mean, it's like it's it's good when you can say relatable stuff, and sometimes that is like it's a black comedian, and he's he's making a joke about cultural stuff, and he knows mostly only black people will get, it, and then he'll explain it to the audience who may not get it. But mm. I don't mind that. But just saying, black people be like, or white people be like, a lot of times, those jokes now seem to me lazy to me. Well, that's what people, that's low-hanging fruit, um, Ken. <laughs> the, the thing is, they're not funny, usually. That, it's like, I mean, I, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, it's like funny because it's kind of like, it's, I feel like we've ran that that thing into the road, like ran it into the ground no, a bit, a lot of the jokes. So now it's kind of like, it's not low, it's not just low-hanging fruit. It's fruit that has fallen off the tree and is already rotting. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but I don't think those jokes are ever going to go away. Yeah. I mean, They're going to keep coming every single amateur up and coming. And then for the veterans who, damn it, I haven't, I don't have enough jokes tonight. I'll just roll out some of these old. <laughs> these old chestnuts. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It's gonna, like that, that is the most, that's the easiest thing to target. It's like, man, easy material. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Ken, I heard Dion Cole's special was really good. I haven't it seen was. It yet. Oh, you I watched, watched it? Okay. I watched it. That was actually what I was thinking about with those jokes because that's how he kind of started his, but mm-hmm. it got better as it went along and it was actually very funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. Did I watch anything else this week? I really just, I don't know. Right now, I'm in the habit of when I um, get home and I want to watch something on TV, I'll just put on the blacklist on Netflix and keep it moving. <laughs> All right. Uh Latria. Um I've I started Carmen San Diego. I think I watched I know I saw the first episode. I don't Yay! know if I saw the second one. But I didn't I wasn't like paying attention too much. So I, I feel like I'm just gonna have to start it all over again. Cause I can't remember anything. <laughs> that oh, I watched. Yeah, I was probably like on my phone at the same time. So I got started over because I'm like, I need to pay attention to this. Um, 
But it's important. Not... The first episode is really important because yeah, it needs to establish the fact that this is not the Carmen San Diego you used to watch as a kid. Right. <laughs> it's completely right. different. Right. And then um, I finally finished uh, this last season of Dear White People because I had watched the first episode and then got bored and set it down for, like, months. And so I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to try to watch it. And I actually enjoyed the season. Um, thought it was good. Lionel turned out to be my favorite character this season. <laughs> he literally had me laughing every episode. Um Especially with his underground erotic fiction booklet. Listen, listen. <laughs> let let slash fi- let let slash fiction rain. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, I will say my complaints was that whole, and it was like the one thing that I wanted out of this season that they just did not even do because it was a holdover from the season finale of the season before was the whole secret society thing. It was underwhelming because they did nothing with it. They didn't flesh it out. And I wanted to know more. I 100% And then we got an, all we got was another cliffhanger. And I'm like, I still don't know what the hell this is. Exactly. That was a, that was, it's like as if somebody had an idea in the writer's room. And forgot and about maybe, it and was like, oh shoot, we're going on the last two episodes. Let's talk about it again. Or maybe somebody, or maybe some higher ups was like, we read, we read what you guys had the idea for and we yeah. don't like it. So... You're gonna have to figure out a way to undo this during this season. Just, yeah, that like, was like that was the, the only thing that got on my nerves. Also, that whole uh, Blair Underwood part, you know, spoiler or non-spoiler, y'all should have seen it by now. It's been like eight months. Uh, the whole like you know alleged sexual assault, I felt like was rushed, and it wasn't uh, yeah. fleshed out. And I'm like, so did something happen or did something not happen? Like, what is going on? So I'm really. Why is he really... just like? teaching on campus and like no nothing's happening like what is happening and then it's like also Re- Reggie pissed bad me because off it makes it makes Reggie look like a really yeah, really bad he, character he pissed me off with how he was reacting but clearly he finally came around to his senses but it was it took way too long mm, yeah um but yeah so that whole angle because I'm just like so is nothing gonna happen with this like where's campus police? Like, no, nobody's investigating. I was just confused. But clearly he has something to do with that secret society, which again, is like none of that is really being explained as to what it exactly is and what's going on, who's a part of it, what they're controlling. We just keep getting these, oh, we can't talk here type things and we got to meet at the watchtower. And yeah. also, who? What the heck is Giancarlo Esposito's character like? Wh- I he, thought there were big so plans he, for him. From right, the last, is he the, the is he banned now. from campus, but he still lives near the campus in this house? Like, yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. So anyway, other than that, I really you know I enjoyed the season. Um, Sam's character had nothing to do, absolutely, except for except love that camera with... around and <laughs> except fighting for with, fight with Justin with, Simeon. With <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, that's all she had to do over his uh, Tyler Perry S. Frederick Douglass show <laughs> um, but yeah so basically I was like so she's just here just to be cause she gotta be in school like so she I, I just she find was that so almost strange. completely irrelevant this I time. find that very strange that she is the she's the titular character in this show and yeah. um, this season you see like 20% of her I need her to get back <laughs> to the radio show yeah 
I ever love, since she ever since she got off the radio show, it was just I like, love, okay, so is it Joe? Is it Joy? Is her friend Joe? Um, what's the girl? Her roommate's name. Is it Joe? I think it's. I want to say it's Joanne. I'm looking it up right now. Or like Joe, Joelle, Joelle. Joelle. There you go. I love her, but I'm bored with her as a radio host. I need Sam to get back on the radio because it clearly is like the where she needs to be. Yeah, like Joelle is. I love Joelle, but I need Sam on the radio because it just Mm -hmm. it makes more sense. But Joelle is better as a Joelle is better as a as a best friend who like backs up Sam. But yeah. she's not. She's not good to 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 um be like completely in the yeah. like thrust to the f- forward. And and they made a good point of making that known in this season. It's like yeah, Joelle is good, but she's not Sam good. And so Sam needs to take control of the TV, the radio thing again because it's it's very blah without Sam being. Yeah. There. yeah um, also, Justin cool. Simeon, stop showing up in your show. Stop. Stop that. Stop. <laughs> yes. Just, just don't do that again. Yeah. Okay. You know, I don't I don't hear your commentary. I'm not a <laughs> child. I can make up my own mind about what what this show means for me. Right. Stop. Also, I mean, Troy is, you know, still fine. Um, but I just <laughs> want to know like why is he so he just keeps hanging out with these white preppy people. I don't get it. Or it's like I like it. Just seems like he feels like he has to be around them. I don't understand that. Like the like the need for that when it's kind of like clearly. I don't know if they're using him. I don't know. I don't want to say they're using him, but it's just like they're not really your friends. So just stop, stop being around them. Stop it right now. But I thought it was funny. I don't know the dude's name, but he's like hilarious. the light skinned dude that, like, at the very last episode, he just went to the little Latin club and was like, "What's up?" And I was like, "Wait, how are you uh, just going? How oh, you going jump clubs?" <laughs> so this is actually I really want to know more about. This Although guy. maybe so, he's Afro Latino, I don't know. That is but... exactly what I think it is. You talk about Al, yeah, the light skinned dude that's yeah. always saying "nigga." Yeah, yeah. Jamar like, Jamar Michael's the actor's name because he was in the movie. Yeah, oh, okay. See, I, never I have thought. a feeling that Al is probably either Afro Latino or just full Latino, but he's been pretending to be. He black could be like Puerto Rican. Who knows? But he just showed up and they looked at him like, um, "Are you lost?" <laughs> because this whole season, he's been trying. He's he, people have been. He's been trying to figure out who he is, or like yeah. people have been questioning his, his identity. Yeah. And then at the end, he was just like, "You know what? I'm just gonna join the Latino club." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So that's um. That's the only like new thing I've watched. Everything else has been the same old, same old. My favorite character is still Coco. I I love to hate her. <laughs> I just, okay. I, I, but she I has never, she has dimension though. She oh yes. my god when Yvette showed up, Lord have mercy. Listen, I was telling Brandon what's about the, this. What's, what's her name? Co- Colette. Nicole Nicole Yvette Brown. Yvette Nicole, no, Yvette, Brown. Yvette Nicole Brown. Yvette but, Nicole Brown. There you but go. But Coco's like real name was like Coletta. 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 Yes. <laughs> she was, every time she yelled, I hollered. <laughs> she was giving up some strong I was like, black I was mom like, vibes. Oh my god, this would be Coco's mom. I'm like, where did Coco come from then? <laughs> god damn it. I was like, wow, she really like changed her whole life because yeah, that is not girl. That is not what you. <laughs> that that if if I had known that that was her mother from the start, well, yeah, she's have... from she's from the south side of Chicago. Yeah, 
But like her mama sounded so country though. Her mother like it sounded like she was from Kentucky or something. People in Chicago <laughs> sound like that. Yeah, because they, they that was migrated. That was funny, and I still can't believe that girl is still looking for that dog after us, uh, Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have anything I'm for like, her to do. I'm like, girl, we still talking about this dog. <laughs> Season three, Chelsea and her dog that's named after some kind of a. a they don't have her listening after this straight girl from the cafe. My <laughs> Lord, have mercy. They really, they didn't. And what was I? Would know what this game they were playing is actually kind of interesting. The what? The game where she was like, "Close your eyes." So and so's now dead, and they had to find the killer. Oh, it's that's like the last where, couple of episodes. That that looked like werewolf, but I know it's not werewolf. It's a, oh, okay. I was like, "Oh wait, I want to play this." But yeah, so that's that. That's all. I'm all watching. right. And Ali, who oh, I should I point mean... out, Ali Corey posted a new "Watch Your Head" comic for you. <gasps> What? Brand new so, today. So he heard me telepathically? Probably, he probably heard this episode. Of the show. <laughs> so you can go to um is it watchyourhead.com you said? Yeah, and go uh, and go read um new ones. Or, or watch, watch the comic is what it was. Watchthecomic.com. Watch the watch your wait, what? The, oh, the website. I thought it was, was Gold Comics. No, no, that's where the old not. one is. Gold Comics, because when it was syndicated. Oh, okay. Yeah, the new so one's at watchthecomic.com. I see. Okay. Oh, all right. Awesome. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> 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 yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what you watch? All right. Um, uh, besides uh, Bigger, um, uh, funnily enough, uh, I actually was watching an Amazon Prime uh, uh, movie called My Big Gay Italian Wedding, which oh. is really not what I was expecting it to be. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, pretty much this, uh, these, the, it was, it's a foreign language film. Which is, well, you know I'm always out here <laughs> trying to read subtitles. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, so I just wanted to watch a foreign language film. And I, and I saw it and I was like, oh, what is this about? So then I just started playing it randomly. And at first I was going to like, I was like doing, you know, how you, you watch a movie, just like Ken saying he's, he's going to watch like a comedy special, but like do laundry or dishes or whatever in the mm-hmm. background. Well, that's what I was going to do. And, it actually started to get interesting. I thought it was just going to be like a comedy or whatever, but um, apparently, since it's wrong, um, these two characters, um, they they are Italian, but they live in uh, Berlin. And uh, one of these characters is, he hasn't, he hasn't um, told his parents, he hasn't come out to his parents, but he just proposed to his, his boyfriend, fiance. And so, his fiance wants to, you know, meet his parents and everything. And um, he chooses to, to sort of kind of manipulate in a, in a fun kind of way, his, his fiance into, you know, meeting his parents on Easter. (laughs) And his parents are 
deeply religious. Not the day Jesus rose <laughs> at the grave. <laughs> at the moment it said, at the moment, that's when I stopped doing what I was doing. I was like, did you just say you want to meet them on Easter? Wow. So I sat down and I was like, I need to see how this, how this turns out. And um, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's it's really funny because it's a it's a small ensemble cast of you know the the two the two the two fiancés, their um, friend who happens to be a girl who lives in their um, their flat with them in Berlin, right? And they go to this they go to the the where the parents live, which is which is like this this small village that's on top of like a mountain. It's built on a mountainside, and it's such a small village that the fiance's father is actually the mayor of the village, right? It's one of those villages where it's like, there's only one way to get in. Like there's like this long, steep bridge that you have to cross until you get to it. It's it's almost like Wakanda, but in Italy. (laughs) So they get there and interesting drama ensues because the mother, she kind of knew but when the the fiance drops it at the at the um at, at the the breakfast table um the next morning that hey i plan on getting married here is my fiance we love each other you know his father who's the mayor of the city flat out refuses and uh-huh. so it's it's a matter of of getting the father to convince him to be won over to to um the son's side and the son kind of getting over his insecurity of, you know, you know, being, you know, being this son that may or may not be a disappointment to the dad. Um, and it's, it's, and it's, it's not super serious. It's kind of like comedy too, because, you know, the, 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 the gang of friends who come along with, with him, you know, they, they kind of get into hijinks and whatever. So it's, it's a really fun um, sort of movie that has really touching moments, um, especially um, for the family and whatnot. So I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So it's called My, uh, My Big Gay Italian Wedding, and it's on Amazon Prime, if, if you should want to give Jeff Bezos your money. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure most of us already are. So we I mean, he already got my uh, annual Amazon Prime. <laughs> Listen, listen. Membership, so. I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, I know I'm part of the problem or whatever, but I need to get my shit in two days. Listen, shipping. also a different world is on there. Oh. <laughs> right. So anything um, else, Ali? Yeah. And uh, um, I think there was one more thing, but I just can't remember. I I probably will remember um soon. But because I started to also sample more of um of HBO's um Michael Myers. Like, uh... <laughs> Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Ken. 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 Yes. Oh. <laughs> what? Ken. Ken, you you're breathing super hard, my guy. <laughs> I was gonna say that I was thumping HBO stuff. Um because I, I decided to, you know, just delve into the the um the subscription service. And um, besides um, his dark materials, which I saw on Monday, his oh, dark materials. I still online, have not started that, and I'm not caught up on Watchmen. So after today, I'm going to be too behind on Watchmen. Oh yeah, you need to you need to catch up on that. I know. that last episode. So um, his dark materials, um, uh, an adaptation of the Philip K. Pullman books. Um, right. 
starring Daphne Keene from the um, the Wolverine movie. Logan. The last one that we saw. Uh, sorry, Logan. Where oh, she the little girl? X-23. That's, yep. I knew, I knew. That is her. I, her face looked familiar. Okay. Right? It's also starring... Um, um, it's also starring... Lin-Manuel <sighs> Miranda. Yeah. God, his name is long. And okay. my boo. Lin- um, oh, hell, I forgot his name. John McAvoy. Um, yes. Uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. So James, Lord. James McAvoy, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Daphne Keene. Mm-hmm. So um, the story... The first episode, I wouldn't call it the strongest episode opener. Yeah. Um, for several reasons. One, it is... It is very, um, very exposition heavy. And I feel like as if whenever you have a book adaptation, um, especially one like this, which has a very expansive universe of like different terms and, you know, things that are not ordinary to people that they have to like kind of acclimatize themselves with as they start reading, it is, it can do you a disservice if your first episode is very... Um, exposition heavy. A lot of people explaining things. A lot of people just talking as opposed to showing. And um, I thought that that hmm, that was a ping against the show. I like the idea. That the CGI is very good. Um, as like I was saying before, I think last week the the in this sort of alternate universe, everybody has what is called a demon, which is uh, the embodiment, the physical embodiment of their consciousness, which exists outside of them as an animal. And as a child, before you turn, I think, 18, your um, your demon keeps changing based on your emotions. It is, it is very much like a mood ring for you. Mm. But then when you cross over and to becoming an adult, when you finally um, mature your um, demon fixes on a certain form and it is very much a tell of the type of person that you have, you know, basically turned into pretty much. Mm. The issue with that I find, even though I find that's a very interesting um, sort of premise in a book, but on a show, do you have the amount of money to give every single character (laughs) in this world a demon? The answer is no, (laughs) you do not. And so there are many characters that you see in the background, like people walking around. And because I'm such a detail-oriented person, my eyes are looking to see an animal next to them. And I don't see an animal next to them. And the problem is, is that your demon is supposed to always be close to you. The further apart you are from your demon, the more stress it, 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 it becomes to you. Like you can't, you can't part people and their demons. They, they, they can't go too far apart. And so whenever I see people just walking around in this world and I don't see any animal next to them, I wonder if that's like a budget concern. Mm. Right? And so that's something else that I'm eh about. Also, the plot is, it's kind of slow at first from the beginning. Uh, James McAvoy, he does a really good job of, um, you know, because, you know, he's James McAvoy. But man, they really need to tighten up how they actually explain what's going on. Because I was thinking to myself after the first episode, I rewatched it and I thought, man, if I was somebody who had no idea about these books, would I understand what's going on? And would I feel compelled to stick around to episode two? And the answer I always came up with is I'm not too sure. Mm. So, um, 
you know, we'll see. Lin-Manuel Miranda hasn't shown up yet. Um, he might show up in episode two. I, well, actually, I think he will show up in episode two. Okay. But, yeah. I also um, heard that, like, Secession is a really good show. Um, I've sampled there. Succession, the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Whew! It's, 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 it's very, um, it's very cut. It's, it's a very cutthroat privileged show of, um, yeah. it, it really shows you how people who have gained certain, a certain financial standing in this world, mm-hmm. it shows the gross difference how universes apart we are from them. Right. Universes. I mean, just to spoil this one little thing, episode one is the father. The father is the is the owner of this huge um, um, tele... I think it's like a... It's almost like as if he's Turner. Like he's the head... It's like as if he's the mm-hmm. head of Turner, right? Mm-hmm. And for his birthday, they have a birthday party at his house, his estate... But then every time he has a birthday party, he does this really, they play this game. Everybody gets into four private helicopters (laughs) that they then fly to an undisclosed location. They get out and they have a big picnic and they also have a baseball game. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right? Can you imagine, like, right. you're having a birthday party with your dad and your dad's like, okay, guys, on to part two. And, and you go on to, out onto the lawn where there are four <laughs> private helicopters waiting for you all. You all pile into there and you fly to a whole other place where there's, like, a baseball field. <laughs> and it's probably, is, is it pro- those, like, those, like, jumbo helicopters? No, it's, like, the ones on... That it's can like seat the, a bunch of people, you know what I'm talking about? No, it's like, it's, you know, those, um, not the, actually the ones that look like as if the ones that are on, um, for like the news, news copters. Oh, okay. But these, but these are really slick, nice looking. It's almost like as if, like as if Chrysler or like, I don't know, like a, a, a car manufacturer, a future, like a, like Tesla made a helicopter like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's meant, and I know exactly what it's meant to do. It's meant to blow your mind. Like, this is ordinary for these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A person, helicopter, whatever, you know? And so it shows you how, um, the, the, so far what I've seen is like, the, the stuff that we take for granted, no, the stuff that they take for granted are stuff, some of the stuff that's priority to us. And it just shows you how they treat other people and each other based off of the, the privileged lives that they live. And it's just, yeah, you know. Um, also, they have a character in there who is going to be the audience surrogate because he's like a he's like a I don't know like a cousin twice removed. So he shows up to the birthday party on the first episode, and he's just like, because he's so far removed from the this the, the riches of the family, all this is like what the fuck <laughs> to mm. him. And so it's like we're seeing everything through his eyes, and eventually, gotcha. I'm pretty sure they have plans to sort of indoctrinate him or he might right. just be that that ray of um sunlight to pierce the the the, the monotony of, yeah, of if of, he can get through yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i i remember from succession i i'm not sure if i'll continue watching it because it's not it's not exactly relatable to me yeah. so i'm just like eh, maybe maybe not yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, I did sample um, that. I And also, uh, Watchmen is still going strong. Um, mm-hmm. I think last episode was the best episode. It was. Truly the best episode. 
um, they introduced a new character in there, and she she eats every scene up, every scene. <laughs> She's yeah, it. isn't it my girl from um, Designing Women? Yep, Jean she Smart, Charlene. Oh, mm-hmm. so that's where she plays Charlene. Uh, if Ali, if you you got a design reference, I would be shocked. <laughs> I like I remember that show because was that, that black guy was on there. What's his Meshach name? Meshach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he right. <laughs> he visited right. Dominica many years ago um, when oh. designing women was a big thing. And so was he a big he, star when he got there? Well, to like, people were, they were just like, the, hey, what, were people, people treating watched, him like he was? Yeah. Well, people people remember designing women, and so yeah, um, when he was there, it was like a big deal. It was like, wow, we've never seen a you know like a big star like that before but yeah um they yeah, haven't seen our mannequin i assume that oh. is mannequin brandon and i'm pretty oh, sure that the that answer movie? to that and how <laughs> jesus christ because he plays a super flamboyant um department store window designer yes oh mannequin. i didn't realize that was him uh, yeah. mannequin, mannequin from 1986 yeah, <laughs> Brandon's like if they if they had seen him in Mannequin, they would have driven him off the island. Yes, uh, yes. yes, they would have. Yes, <laughs> if you if you can't watch Harry Potter, you sure as heck can't hey, watch the <laughs> fucking Mannequin. <laughs> Gay and magic what? shit going on. Mm. <laughs> white women come to life magically. Okay, <laughs> because they were white Egyptians two thousand. No, off the oh, island. Wow, off the island, please get it. Get. <laughs> There are so many whammies here. Got the so goddamn Jefferson airplane singing about nothing's gonna stop us now. Mm-mm. Off the island. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that song You're comes canceled. from, Ali. Though. Nothing's gonna stop us now. And if this world is out of love, us. That's where it comes from. It comes from Mannequin. Why do you know every musical reference? <laughs> the, I, I'm fairly certain they won the Oscar. I'm fairly certain they won the Oscar. That's where I know that from. Man, I mean, Latria, you should have seen me during Bigger. I was asking him every yeah, single... Yeah, they play a lot of mid-2000s every... music on Bigger. A lot. Mm. And I was pointing out the songs to Ali. He was like, so this was a big hit? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> every single song. And then he found song. out, he got mad because I, I was like, he's like, how do you know all of this? And I was like, you know, like, uh, I think I I mentioned, you know, like, I'm into music. I, I I wanted to be a producer when I was in college and everything. Aha! I was like, aha. Yes, aha. I thought, you made me feel like I was a bad black person for not knowing all this music. When you wanted to make music in the first place. Like, I thought mm-hmm. you knew that already. Uh-uh. See that that's that's not cool, Latria. He's been cheating this whole time. Yeah. Wow. So he's been, oh, he's, been, he's been studying yeah. this stuff. As Brandon, they they, they were nominated for best original song. Oh, they didn't win. Yeah. I don't think it went. Okay. It won. Mm-mm. Yep. Jefferson. Well, there was just Starship at that time. It used to be yeah. Jefferson Airplane. Oh, Kim Cattrall was the okay. I didn't know yeah, that, she was the mannequin. That was her. Yeah. Um, but anyways, everybody so, was in this dang movie. So so yeah, um, Watchmen. It's a it's a thing, guys. It's it's been really good. Okay. And I so gotta I catch am... up. I haven't been in the mood to watch anything like dramatic. This was the episode. Only I been watching my comedies this week. So this this episode of, of Watchmen that you did not see is the most linear of of the three that's been out so far. So it's gonna be. I know you've been kind of you've been kind of worried that you might not be able to. To, to pick up on all the past 
references from the, the graphic novel. But this mm-hmm. particular episode is one of the most linear, very straightforward um, episodes. Like it's not even it's not even trying to it's not trying to be all ooh look at the Easter eggs in this. Uh, look, I ain't got time to see that <laughs> yeah. outfit again. Okay, yeah, still so, And I think you will uh, you will really like this this one. So okay, yep. Good. All right, Brandon, that's it for me. All right, let's go ahead on to the news. And I put the rundown into the chat. I was typing it up the whole time. So it's in there now. Uh, so first we have oh. some previews and or trailers. Uh, so first up, we'll start with... We'll start with Scoob. So by the time this podcast comes out, and I'll try to get them out faster, but it's been a crazy work week last week. Sorry, y'all. Uh, they mm-hmm. Warner Brothers who have posted the trailer for their upcoming May 2020 animated CGI film, Scoob. Which, as mm-hmm. the title might indicate, stars the characters from Scooby Doo, plus characters from other Hannah Barbera programs like Dick Dastardly and Butley and Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, because it is the start to a Hannah Barbera cinematic, cinematic universe. universe? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so Fandango posted some stills from the trailer that's coming out on Monday to show what the characters look like as CGI. And because mm-hmm. uh, I, I had seen like the presentation when we were at uh, Lightbox Expo in California. Mm-hmm. So I already knew what was coming. I, I told y'all, I don't know how I feel about that Fred. So how do you <laughs> feel about Fred? I like him. <laughs> he looks just like Zach. Yeah, let's more exact. Like and that is that is Jones. fine with me. Right. Well, everybody else is cool, especially Velma. I think the Velma design is the best design, personally. Yes, I do like how Velma looks. Yeah. Yeah. So that movie comes out next year. As the, as mm-hmm. um, the tree already indicated, they're not using the voices from the cartoon except for Frank Welker will still be Scooby Doo, but he won't be Fred. It's Zac Efron now. Amanda Seinfeld is doing Daphne. Uh, uh, niggas give me heebie-jeebies. Gina Rodriguez is doing the voice of Velma. <laughs> oh, y'all really got. Listen, I understand why y'all got mad at her for for uh, doing that, but like y'all got to cancel Fat Joe too and posthum- posthumously big pun because you yep. know Gina's darker yep. than they is, and y'all they say nigga 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 all the time. <laughs> Listen, okay, Puerto Rican does not mean black. And um, Will Forte, J Lo too. Yeah, J Lo got in trouble for it because you know she she she's mm-hmm. she's too white passing, I think, for for her to have gotten away with that shit. Uh, right. And Will Forte is the voice of Shaggy, and Matthew Lillard was very upset about that. Ooh, I am too. Uh-huh. Uh, but we'll see what happens with this uh, movie. It's coming out next May. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and then Space Jam Two comes out in July, and Tom and Jerry got bumped up from last yeah. April to this to next Christmas. So, oh dang, yep. Uh, so Warner Brothers is trying to come strong with animated movies next year. Good luck mm-hmm. to them. Is an Avengers movie coming out next year? <laughs> um, Black Widow and the Eternals. Want want. <laughs> uh, it's a Marvel property, basically about celestial beings in the Marvel universe. Celestial beings. Yeah, uh, Kit Who's Harrington and Brian Tyree Henry. Oh, oh, and, oh uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And Angelina Jolie. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, oh, that's what that movie is. Okay. Oh yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. All of my faves. I will be there. Right. Speaking of Disney-owned properties, uh, Pixar put out the first teaser trailer for Soul, which comes out in, I believe, July. 
of next I year, June or July. I liked it. Uh, it's about Jamie Foxx, the voice of a, a jazz musician who uh, apparently has a near-death experience and, you know, gets separated from his body. And he's basically a walking soul, like a ghost, more or less. And he's helping out uh, up-and-coming soul, voiced by Tina Fey, who doesn't know what she wants to be when she was eventually born as a baby. Um, Black Twitter didn't enjoy this trailer Aww. because they felt like it fell into a, a a creeping trope in as far as how Black lead characters are dealt with in animated films as of late. You know, after decades mm. of us either not being in them or literally being in them like, hi, the boss! Um, you know, there's this thing where you introduce a Black character in an animated film and at the 25-minute mark, they are transformed into something that is not human. Oh, gotcha. For example, we had Tiana in Princess and the Frog. Uh, you know, she kisses mm-hmm. uh, the frog at a 25-minute mark, becomes a frog for roughly the rest of the, of the movie. Yeah. Uh, we have upcoming in the month, um, Spies in Disguise, even though the new trailers are trying to hide it. And I don't know it if they recut the a movie. Bird? Yeah, Will Smith turns into a pigeon. Uh-huh. A pigeon of all things. Yeah. Uh, and so now we have this where Jamie Foxx turns her Jamie Foxx turns into a ghost, basically a, 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 a ectoplasm, a, ectoplasmic blob with his face mm-hmm. on it. And you know, mm. people were upset about it. I missed that part of the trailer. I just saw him like playing the piano and singing. I didn't see. I oh, didn't... you didn't see that part. He fell into a manhole. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, he yeah, falls into a manhole. I, I and has totally a... missed that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there's other black characters, too. Like, there's, like, the mom voiced by Felicia Rashad is in there. You know, Questlove and David Diggs have parts as well. Mm-hmm. It ain't just, you know, Fox. It ain't like they ain't have right. other black people. They ain't like Princess and the Frog with the only other black person you had was Oprah. And for, like, three minutes, you had Terrence Howard voicing the character. Right. But yeah, it comes out June 19th, 2020. Okay. Mm. They were really talking about that because they were like, not that many black people were behind the scenes. There, no, there are. Mm. I think people just assume because they got mad. Because I specifically remember all the black people who work at Pixar were like, just like, they were running through the Twitter streets when the movie was first announced at uh, D23. And Kim mm-hmm. Powers is the co-director and he's black. Okay. So yeah, people. I think people just assumed when they got mad, and they ain't, they didn't even try. But Pete Doctor, of course, is the main director. He also did Inside Out, so I assume that you know it's gonna be some shit where niggas gonna be bawling in the movie theater because that's what he does. Oh yeah, Ins- I can't Ins- even watch Inside, Inside Out anymore. Inside I saw Out it like, once, and I was like, "That's all I need." Psychological to know. torture. <laughs> Woo, I in was a, a, a mess way, over that yeah. cartoon. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Did he also do Up? I was going to say that, yes. Oh, I was going to say Inside Out. Yes, he did. He did Monsters Incorporated and Up and Inside Out. That's that's, that's the trilogy of terror right there. Listen. Yeah. Because I cannot watch Up again. I I can't watch the old man. Kitty? Kitty has to go. No! (laughs) Mm -mm, No. (laughs) That little girl's face at the end. 
no. And mm-hmm. also the trailer for Bad Boys for Life came out, which Sony is releasing in January. Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Yeah, so in two months. So since it's coming out in January, I was going to write it off and everything. But then I saw they had Charles Melton in it. It's like, oh, I guess I'll go see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go see my, my pout lifted um Reggie Mantle on the big mm, screen. Lord. Okay. I'll be, I'll be there for Will. You can be there for Charles. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be there for the right reasons. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That trailer looks so good. I just I love the bad boys movies because I'm like, yes, give me this is what I need. I just love y'all, you know, blowing cars up and everything. Right. Did we mention before about um Will Smith? I'm linking up on Instagram with yeah um, we did with with okay. um Eddie Murphy and them because they were both at Eddie. Tyler Perry Studios filming their respective movies. Filming coming to America. Yep, <laughs> coming to America, coming to America. As a matter of fact, I didn't put it on here. Tyler Perry is um <laughs> so I think Tyler Perry saw bigger as well as us because he's made his own version. Oh, it's what? called Bruh Tyler Perry's Bruh. Mm. Liter- it literally has the Are same Are we going to exact- get to a point where we can stop putting his name before no. the actual name of the show? Okay. <laughs> like, he needs, he needs to let you know. As, right. As if we don't. Written, directed, and produced. Right. What else, why else would you watch these shows if his name weren't on them? Huh? I don't right. know. Maybe for the content. <laughs> But yeah, we don't we don't need your smart mouth here, okay? Right. Is the content strong enough to stand on its own? No, no, of course not. I was being sarcastic. She was being very sarcastic. Stop, stop being cheeky. Right. So Tyler Perry's bro will chronicle the lives of a group of 30-something black men as they explore the world of dating careers and friendship in a present-day society. So Latria. Well, f- I mean, finally he is, you know, <laughs> figuring out what's wrong with these niggas around here. Oh, okay. It's, and okay. stop blaming it on women and what we doing wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, right. Talk, talk to his <laughs> brethren. Right. Oh, okay. I just well, he talks to his brethren all the time. I don't think nobody aids because I'm not, just saying. Just not. Brandon. Okay. Brandon. Okay. Brandon. Okay. Okay. Uh, also coming to BET because these shows are coming Jesus to BET Christ. is Tyler Perry's Ruthless, which is a spinoff of The Oval, a Child. program that How? has been on the air for How? three weeks. Two, three. I love this. It only has like two, two or three episodes. How do we have a spinoff already? I love it. How? Only Tyler Perry could do this. Right. Only Tyler Perry. So remember when I told y'all about? Wow. Should he? Remember when I told y'all about the cult? This show is about the cult. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I can't even. I. What is it? What is life? Right. Oh, my God. And also coming to Lifetime, uh, Mario Van Peoples is making a salt and pepper um, biopic. With three salts? With three Did salts. Yeah. I said, well, these girls better be on her way to the tanning salon because, listen, all <laughs> y'all is kind of light. <laughs> listen, because Spinderella show enough is brown. Right. Uh, and pepper ain't light light. Right. So what is happening here? Like they, they're gonna like, have to adjust the lighting or some people? makeup or something, get some fancy that's a couple of shades darker Lord. or something. 
Lord, just don't, just don't, just don't Zoe out of that shit. I was about to say, I was yeah. about to say they well, don't, well, they don't need that, a Simone. That uh. isn't that isn't that good, right? That that's that's good for um for Rihanna's uh, uh makeup um line, right? And they can really uh uh-uh, kick that off. She'll be associated with that. She'll be associated with that. Okay, don't do that to Miss Fenty. Don't do that. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's coming. Mario Van Peebles. You know, noted film director and um, son of another mm-hmm. another noted film director is directing it. And Abdul Williams, who wrote uh, the new edition thing, miniseries, mm-hmm. he's writing this. I was li- listening to the Hilliard guest podcast, Latria, and he was on there. Mm-hmm. He wrote that new edition thing 10 years before they ever made it. Oh, really? It was sitting around for... Listen, we're just not finding out. All these scripts is old. Uh, new edition was yeah. old. Harriet was written wow. twenty years ago, which you can sort of tell. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? I found out Dolomite is my name was not written fifteen years ago, but it was pitched ten years, fifteen years ago. They couldn't sell it at the time because Eddie Murphy had just done Pluto, Pluto Nash, oh. <laughs> and they, they wouldn't buy it from him because the writers they also wrote um, Man on the Moon and some other biopics. Mm-hmm. Ed Wood. And okay. People versus OJ, which got them the clout to make yeah. this finally. Was he always? Yeah, he was. Um, it was always going Eddie. To okay, it was always Eddie, and actually Rudy okay. Ray Moore was involved when they were first trying to pitch it because he was still alive back then. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, like this shit just be sitting on shelves waiting. Mm-hmm. My goodness gracious. Uh, next up, uh, fresh off the boat. Is fresh off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, ABC has canceled it after six seasons. Well, I'm, is uh, what's your, is Constance happy? <laughs> <laughs> She's trying uh, to be a star, okay? She ain't yeah. got time to be tied down to this show. She was good in Hustlers. I'll give her that. Um, the mm-hmm. series finale will air on February 21st as an hour-long episode. Hmm. So, I mean, they'll have... I was going. I was checking to see if they had over 100 episodes. They do. So, they'll go into syndication and be fine. Oh, they're going to get that sh- they, money. Mm-hmm. They can get that sh- <laughs> money. Yes, they is. Uh, so, Apple TV debuted on the first. Nobody, I assume, has it. No, because... <laughs> no. I think one of my friends just got the new... Uh, iPhone. Yeah, iPhone 11, and he got like a whole year free. Yeah, you get a whole year and free if you buy like, Apple thingy. Man. Um, yeah, not it, fair. Yeah, it is only quote unquote five dollars, but it's literally another service to get. You know. Well, I have I heard the morning show is awful. I yeah, I heard very mixed reviews for it, and that and show there's, is, is there's like, no reason for it to apparently it's apparently the most expensive show produced. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like ever like ten million an episode or some something ridiculous like, like that. It's about a news show. It's Why? basically the newsroom from um HBO. Yeah. Just but with... the newsroom was excellent. So yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let me Um but that's what yeah I heard that it like it it wants to be that. Like it, it's very like Aaron Sorkin esque. Right. Like how it, it kind of wants to be but it's not. No, there's only one but... Aaron Sorkin though. 62% on Rotten Tomatoes and they they generally give TV shows like you know it's easier to get a higher rating on a TV show. That means yeah. that something. Is but it, apparently, it delves into like Steve Carell's character is basically um, Matt Lauer. 
Yeah, Matt Lauer. He, they say he's got the the, mm-hmm. um, the butt in his office. Yeah, and so he apparently gets fired like the first episode or something. So that's Jesus. that's basically what Jesus it's about. Jesus Christ! How many episodes of season like, one of this show? Because we were talking, trying, I was trying to figure out what the budget was. Um, because they know. are spending three hundred million dollars on the first season. Wow! Yeah. Uh, for a new show, like. The, the, there's no sci-fi involved, no aliens. Like, no what CGI, is, unless you, you, can, put, you, you, put, you go, put the screen in the background. <laughs> y'all can go to Neiman's and get so these much? outfits. Oh, is it the actors nobody and is custom. Nobody is custom sewing these wardrobes. You can so go to So it's the Neiman's. actors and actresses then. They're the ones demanding it's, well, this because money. It's, yeah, Jennifer it's Aniston. Trail, Jennifer Aniston and right. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. So you gotta, right. you gotta pay them. But still, for... That that's ridiculous. That is beyond. That's that's. They could have used that money for Jason's show. Now that I could understand being three hundred million. dollars Yeah, see, because you you got to custom do everything for that show. Right. So somebody is watching this shit, or either that or Apple just wants to throw the money around because they have renewed. See, for all mankind, Dickinson, which stars um um. Well, oh, I heard Dickinson was horrible. With the, um, it's it's a sitcom oh, no. based around Emily Dickinson starring the girl from um from, the Edge of Seventeen. Perfect. From In Pitch Perfect. I um, forgot her doggone name. It's a... Haley, oh, sh- Haley something. Haley... Haley Steinberg, I Steinfield, want to say. Steinfield. Steinfield, yeah. Steinfield. And, and The Morning Show. All been renewed for season two. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't So they have it. confidence that their shows will, will bear fruit. Or arrogance. You know Tim Cook is arrogant. <laughs> I mean, he, I like him, but he is. Like, you know, everybody yeah. at Apple is arrogant, right. so... I can see that they they've already, you know. They should have put that money this. into making some upgrades to that MacBook Pro and fixing that goddamn keyboard. I haven't built a fine upgraded MacBook Pro because John and bought one fixing and the these Mickey Ficky doggone okay. uh, headphones that <laughs> always that die within six months. Lord Jesus, yeah, that too. Uh, what'd you say, Ali? Mm-hmm. I said you want to put that in a, in, a, in an official email. And by the way, yes, you're absolutely right. What 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 I think they should really be doing. You know, they have a class action lawsuit more, about that keyboard. I don't need to. They should They're put, in court about they should it. Put, <laughs> well, they should also put more money into making sure them shits don't don't overheat because I've the, I've gotten three new MacBooks for users at my, my my office, and every time I've turned them them shits on, the the fan would just go absolutely nuts because the shits is overheating. <laughs> and I had to return them back. So, how about you all put some money into making sure that the quality of your products that you sell, right, are top are, are top notch, so that I don't have to oh, get on the phone and cuss out us. these Apple people who are getting paid less than than they need to. This has don't been make the, us write an Apple Care letter. Yeah, this has been the reading <laughs> Apple section of our podcast today. Right. Uh, we, I still, I still own every. Thank y'all. I got iPods, iPads, MacBook, iPhone, <laughs> Apple TV. <laughs> you don't have the. You have a Apple TV. You don't have the Apple TV. No, I have the second one. Okay, yeah, I have the like third the and box. the newest yeah. one. Yeah, I'm gonna say that newest Apple TV is kind of fly, but I need to I need to actually put in a um what do you call it a ticket for it because it does not read dates of. Things that aired or released before 1970. Mm. And that's my whole life. Yeah. I don't want to see N.A. when I look at the year (laughs) of the things on my Apple TV. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Because I actually did that with the previous one and they they fixed it. Because that was the same thing. Because, you know, like dates on computers are coded to 
December 31st, 1969. They're like delta from there. They don't actually put the actual dates in. They have to do special coding to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. And then finally, uh, our boy Pony Smasher is going back, is going back to horror, but staying in comic books. He's adapting the Unsound, which is a Boom Studios comic book for Netflix. Mm. Uh, they were asking, what about Shazam 2? And I'm sure that Shazam 2 will happen whenever they want Shazam 2 to happen. As long as them children don't aren't 20 when they film it, they'll be fine. <laughs> um, but I feel like New Line is trying to ramp up the um, <laughs> uh, movie to do next, but we'll see. You know, um, Dwayne, who, oh, oh, yeah, Dwayne might be too busy um, fixing up his new home uh, down uh, the road. So, oh, you know. okay, I thought she was gonna say something about something. Else. No, because he's moving to Powder to Powder Springs to Cobb County of all places. I thought you were about to say he's gonna be busy fixing up Kevin Hart. No, that's, that's what doctors are for. Do you want Dwayne Johnson operating on you? (laughs) The big ass hands try to. (laughs) I think I got the. I think I got the artery. I think I got it. (laughs) I mean, I'll take the hands, but not to operate. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. All right. This, I mean, I'm no, just saying. You, okay, wait for the after darks. Um, <laughs> say something okay. nice after dark. Say something nice after dark. Ooh, say something. What? That's an say idea. something sexy. <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. say something say sensual something. after dark. Mm-hmm. Say, say something, something sensual after dark. Uh, let us hey, let us hey. know, guys, if you would like. <laughs> let us know if you're into that. <laughs> A three a.m. download. Oh yeah. <laughs> Latria, if you don't get him, I will throw. I will throw. Ali, you the one who started it, so what you, you talking about? Latria, <laughs> now we need that please. old, the old quiet storm music they used to have in Vo3. Yeah, please, because you know he's good. You know what he's gonna do? He's gonna With edit this, the show, and he's going to put like, like, like thunder crackling um, yes! in the background. Oh, listen, I am so with it. Ali, you keep giving us ideas. I mean, you just need to stop. You're feeding Soft the beast. And warm, a quiet <laughs> I remember, oh my God, remember when she used to have somebody like reciting erotic poetry every weekend? Did you, did you ever hear that? I didn't hear that, but I could imagine it. Oh my God, it was so great. <laughs> as, as he thrust into my pounding mound, yes. I could not hear a sound. Yep. That's some it Love Joe like shit. A, it used to be a, it was like a man and a woman and they would like recite this whole thing. It was so, I was like, how is this on radio? My this African so goddess. My Nubian king. I feel like it was either every Friday or every Saturday. It was so good. Okay, we have gotten off track. And then they would start playing Teddy Pendergrass right after that. Woo! Listen. <laughs> Look, turn love off the TKOs. lights. Hey, turn off right. the lights. Light a candle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead oh, on to the main wow. discussion. We are developing this. I just want you to wait. Wait, we, 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 we need to breathe first and, and take happening. us from, from NC-17 <laughs> back to G. We got to reset. All the all the way. We, we got to reset the G. Let's reset. G for God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dominica. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, so November 
2019 represents the 30th anniversary of Walt Disney Pictures' uh, I guess watershed movie from 1989. The best. The best. Bad Bitch Contest Ariel's in first place. Uh, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh, so what we'll do, we'll talk a little bit about The Little Mermaid in general, and we'll also do a review of The Little Mermaid Live, which aired uh, last Tuesday. And it aired, just as we, as I said, it was scared it was going to air, and they actually did the shit where they actually ran the movie, oh, okay. and when the songs came on, they cut to um, a live stage. Mm-hmm. And people came out on the live stage and they sang. And and um that's basically what happened. Uh but yeah, so and I was mentioning on the last show that, you know, we don't really think about it anymore because Disney basically took over all of our lives. Yes. <laughs> but in 1989, you know, they weren't on top of animation the way that they are now. Like, they have been struggling for a while. Like, and, uh, Don Bluth, who used to be a Disney animator in the 70s and quit on his birthday in 1979 and took, I think, like a quarter or a third of his staff with him to start his own studio. You know, he made The Secret of Nim first, and then he made An American Tale and Land Before Time, two sizable hits that were way better and like, way more successful and, frankly, way better than Disney's movies of the mid-'80s, uh, The Black Cauldron, <laughs> The Great Mouse Detective, <sighs> and Oliver and Company also. <sighs> um, you know, I mean, Fivel was, was on top of the world back then. It was all about yeah. Fivel and Littlefoot. Yeah. That's just what it was. <laughs> and, you know, today's kids be like, you know, the idea that Disney wasn't didn't have their shit together is sort of kind of, you know, you think about it now, it's kind of insane. Uh, <laughs> but they didn't. So in 1984, they uh, Disney fired Ron Miller, who was Walt Disney's son-in-law, who had married his daughter, Diane, uh, as the CEO. And they hired Michael Eisner to come in as CEO. Uh, Frank Wells, who was going to be the guy to uh, basically bounce out Michael Eisner as the creative to be the president. And Michael Eisner brought over Jeffrey Katzenberg because they both came from Paramount and Jeffrey Katzenberg was hired to run the Walt Disney Studios. The idea was that they were going to come in and make Disney a modern company with like a modern movie production pipeline, which meant that they were going to make movies for adults. Shock and horror. Because <laughs> by that time, they were turning out middling-ass, you know, kids and family films. And every four years, they're making an animated movie. And they had the parks. And that was basically how it was operating. And they were chill with that, apparently. But so Iser and Katzenberg came in and shook the table. They moved all the animators off the studio lot to some warehouses in Burbank that we saw we were out there with Tammy. Like, they were a good seven or eight miles away from the actual regular Disney studio, which was built for animation. You know, all the buildings were designed a certain way. They had secret underground tunnels so you can get um, artwork from one building to the other when it was raining or whatever. And so they were like, no, you're going to work in these warehouses because we need room for uh, Bette Mittler and um, uh, who else was in Disney movies at that time? And Robin Williams to come in and star in these live-action movies. We got to have offices for them and build more sound stages. And so the animators weren't very happy at this 
point in time, you know. But I think Eisner at first wanted to shut down animation or at least send it overseas and outsource it. But Roy E. Disney, Walt's nephew, convinced him to let it stay and he was going to run animation and they were going to try to get to where they were making one new Disney animated film every year. And hopefully the quality and everything else would come back if they would just, you know, find inspired ideas and inspired talent to make those ideas. So in 1985, they had the first of what they called um, gong sessions, where they would sit down, people would throw out ideas, and either it would be, you know, either accepted or, you know, gong or whatever. And Ron Clemens, who was a, it was a Ron Clemens or John Musker or both because they were a team. Well, so let's say both of them. John Musker and Ron Clemens came with an idea to make The Little Mermaid into an animated movie. And they gonged it at first because they had just made Splash at Disney starring uh, Tom Hanks. And they were like, we can't do another mermaid movie this um, close together. But But then a couple of days later, they were like, well, let's develop it. Maybe we'll make it at some time in the future. So after they finished up Great Mouse Detective and Oliver and Company and Roger Rabbit, which was good, of course but sort of kind of wasn't quite really actually done by Disney. And at Disney, Richard Williams did supervise the animation in London and hired Disney folks to come over there and work on it. In 1987, they started working on The Little Mermaid. Apparently, Walt, actual Walter Elias, Disney had tried to work on Little Mermaid for a movie that was going to be an anthology of Hans Christian Andersen tales in the mid-40s that they never made because of the World World War II. So they found some of that artwork, and so they started from there, some of the developments that was done in 1940, I think six or seven, because it was right after the war. Uh, They hired Alan Menken and Howard Ashman to be the songwriters for A Little Mermaid, at this time, Disney movies, when they would put songs in them, they just hired whoever was writing songs back then. And each song <laughs> was written by a different person. Which, mm. you know, that's a great way to have a cohesive-sounding score, right? Uh, but Alan Meek and Howard Ashman had written one song, the opening song for Oliver and Company. And Jeffrey Kassenberg knew them because he was trying, he, was, he tried to fight Warner Brothers and David Geffen off to get the rights to make uh, Little Shop of Horrors and lost. Because Warner Brothers and David Geffen, I think David Geffen sponsored the, the play. So it, obviously, I think Kassenberg should have realized he was not going to get that because they made the movie over there. And so, but they still hired him to do Little Mermaid. It was the first time since the Sherman Brothers were around who did the songs for Mary Poppins and um, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks where they hired one team to come in and write all the songs. And Harold Ashman, who apparently loved animation, but he was not just not getting a chance to work in it, he came and not just wrote songs, but he helped produce the movie and write the, the, um, the screenplay for it. So, like, you know, the basic bones of Little Mermaid, uh, who has ever read the actual story or knows the actual story, the Hans Christian Andersen version? I haven't. So I'll summarize it real quick. So, I mean, it's sort, it starts out similar. There's a um, teenage mermaid. She wants to go and live on the shore and be human because she's fallen in love with a prince on the surface. 
She meets a sea witch who gives her the ability to turn into a human. Uh, but she has to get the prince to kiss her in three days. Otherwise, she will turn into sea foam. Mm-hmm. And so she gets her legs and everything, but it's painful to walk. It feels right. like pins and needles to walk on them, and they and she bleeds from her feet. Right. And so, you know, like, it doesn't work. You know, she doesn't get the prince. She turns to sea foam, but she always comes back to the shore at sea foam, like, every, like, tide or whatever to try to see the prince and everything. So, it's you know, it's a sad ending to the story. What was wrong with Hans? I don't know. It, he was on some bullshit. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> Why don't you tell children his, that story? <laughs> right. Like, why are you writing this for kids? <laughs> right. So the first thing they said is that ending, it won't play. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's a Disney movie. We need a happy ending. <laughs> Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Uh, and so the second thing that Howard Ashman came with was that, so they had already started developing characters. Ariel was going to have a dolphin and a fish as her friends. They eventually dropped the dolphin and just gave... The, her, the dolphin personality to her to make her more spunky and headstrong, headstrong rather than just your average dull Disney princess character. No offense to you know Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and Snow White, but that's what y'all are. You are dull characters. Sorry, sorry, ladies. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was going to be a stuck-up British um, butler crab, and that of course was Sebastian, and. Howard Ashman was like, well, instead of like a, the typical butler stereotype, British Alfred type character, why not make him Jamaican? And they were like, Jamaican? Yeah, because we could do Calypso music. Calypso music? Yeah, I just happened to have click a song that I've written. So mm-hmm. when, when Ariel wants to go to the surface, the crab will sing to her this song. And he literally clicks play on the tape recorder and out comes... <laughs> he had already written the damn song, Latrice. <laughs> wow. But, but what about... Was the movie about, written but what yet? About the, no. <laughs> oh, my God. But, so my question is this. It's like, when they make a movie like this, do they, do they establish what part of the world they're in? Or is it just like, oh, let's just put in Caribbean music because... Because it sounds fun. They put in Caribbean music because it, he wanted to write Caribbean music. Okay. To give it, it a difference because it sounded fun. Okay. Because I was, I was saying, because that tale is nowhere near the Caribbean. Yeah, they're up, they're up in like Northern Europe someplace. Yeah. So, it's, so that it's, crab did a lot of swimming. Yeah, that, that crab, that crab, he's an immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> Not immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember seeing that on the documentary and seeing that. I was like, this nigga wrote the goddamn song already. Right. Like, they had, like, the outline, of course. But the movie had... See, the thing with animated films, especially then, was that they often aren't written until they're halfway through production, which became a big problem for Disney later on in the 90s. They mm. are writing them as they go along. They write, like, a version, of course, but then they storyboard it where they have artists draw each scene as a comic strip and they pin it up on a big bulletin board in, in, in um like two or gotcha. three offices. Like you'll see on some of the old Disney like making of things where they're going from picture to picture with the um the pointer right. stick and so showing the executives. 
I guess digital production probably made that obsolete, right? To some degree. Like, they you instead can have, You can still have smart boards. Yeah, you still have, like, you yeah. can have smart boards, or what they usually do is they um, do the storyboards digitally, and they show you a story reel, basically. It's easier mm. to make those on the computer, just time them out, and then show them with time and temp voices. They did that back then, too, but it was harder because you had to tape the voices and run the film and everything. It was easier just to show them on the actual boards. But the story artists would change stuff. They would revise scenes and revise characters and everything. Uh, when Eisner and Katzenberg came in, they started forcing them to write screenplays first because Eisner came from Paramount Pictures where they had screenplays. He's like, what's all this picture shit? Right. Um, but the screenplays were just guides, really. Like, you know, they weren't written in stone. Um. Because, for example, I was telling um, Ali, like, everybody had more shit to do in the original version of the movie, which was going to be a lot longer, of course. That's why they made it, they simplified it. There was more, Flounder was going to have more to do, Ariel's fish friend. Like, that shark was going to come back at some point. He was going to fight the shark at the end of the movie. The sisters all had more to do. Because they're only in, like, two scenes in the movie. Um, Ariel's sisters. Mm -hmm. The other daughters of Triton. And there was way more to, like, the story. Like, the opening song, Fathoms Below, where the sailors are singing, like, the they actually sing the whole history of Triton and Ursula, where you find out, surprise, that they are brother and sister. And she tried to uh, overthrow him and was, and was banished. Hmm. And so, where was I? But yeah, so, you know, Under the Sea... Astro Making wrote, and all the other songs as well. It went into production. Animation was done mostly in California, but also a little bit in Florida. For those who don't know, there used to be a little Disney studio behind uh, Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, or in Kissimmee, actually, technically speaking. And it grew while they were making these movies, and now it's, I think, office spaces now. Because um, so I was there the day, the last day it was open. And didn't know it was the last day. I should have took shit. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Wow. Really? You're going to be the big black guy who steals shit? <laughs> they were just going to put it all in storage or wow. sell it. I, mm -mm -mm. I was on my best behavior at the time. I'm saying, in hindsight, I should have mm -hmm. took something. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A souvenir. I'm not following this thread. Please continue. Okay, I'll continue. Um, <laughs> Glenn Keane and Mark Hinn were the two animators who were in charge of animating the lead character, Eric the Little Mermaid. They designed her after um, Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss? The little the teenage really? daughter. Yes. Huh. That's why she's so skinny. Because Alyssa Milano kind of had that. struggles with um, bulimia and stuff. But like they wanted like a skinny teenage-looking girl rather than somebody. They wanted her to look specifically like she was a teenager because the other Disney princesses look kind of grown. Yeah. So they wanted her to look small and young. Uh, oh. Ruben Aquino was the animator in charge of doing Ursula the Sea Witch, uh, who was designed after Divine, the drag queen who plays the mom in Hairspray, the original Hairspray. Uh, makes sense. Yes. Which is also okay. why when they were doing fan casting on Twitter for the movie that's coming up, they were mm -hmm. suggesting men. Some people were... Like, Titus Burgess was one name they floated around. Ah, uh, okay. 
but Cat, Pat Carroll did the voice. Pat Carroll was like a star of the 1960s on TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, Jodie Benson was the voice of Ariel. She came from Broadway. Mm-hmm. And uh, King Triton was animated by Andreas Deja, who, of course, went on to do Gaston and Jafar and um, Scar. Gaston. I'm trying to think. Because um, it was only Pat Carroll and Buddy Hackett, who's the voice of Scuttle, the, the, um, the seagull, who are the only, like, quote-unquote, famous people who did voices in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like Samuel E. Wright, who was the voice of Sebastian, came from Broadway. So did Jody Benson, who was Ariel. Uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes was just like a, I guess, a working teenage actor at the time. He later played Greg Brady in both of the uh, Brady Bunch movies. The parody movies? Yeah, the parody movies. Oh, oh okay. I know you're talking about. Clowns never laughed before. <laughs> <laughs> Beanstalks never. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So who did uh, Triton's voice? Uh, Kenneth Mars. Kenneth Mars is like a working voice actor. What was like who did like cartoons all the time? Oh, man, that's something I would like to do. You can just show up in your pajamas. Sure could. Paul Lynn did it all the time. Listen, Hello, Chris- I'm here to record the cartoon. Okay, it says Karachi. <laughs> okay, because Cree Summer is never out of work. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they put the movie together. They they started to realize they had something special as they were putting it together, something that was going to be better and work. But even mm-hmm. at, they still had struggles inside because they were doing, yeah. you know, like every studio does for movies that, you know, for big studio movies, they did test screenings. And at an early test screening for Little Mermaid, they showed the film and part of your world, or part of that world, because part of your world is the, is the reprise. That's when she's on the ride. But part of that world where she's under the water in her little grotto talking about, I want more. I want to uh-huh. be where the people are. That yeah. scene was half animated, but it was still in black and white line art. It was They hadn't mm. gotten around to like you know putting it in color yet. And the kids apparently squirmed and started running around the theater while that song was playing. And Jeffrey Katzenberg was like, guys, it doesn't work. We got to cut the song out of the movie. No, that sounds like a parenting problem to me. <laughs> Why are your badass kids running around the movie theater? Sit down. Right. And um, Harold Ashman went to the mat for that song, and it stayed. Because they were pointing out, you're basically making the same mistake MGM always made in 1939 when they wanted to cut um, Over the Rainbow out of The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I mean, part that I Want to Be With The People, that's like the best song Ariel sings. I was seven years old when I saw the movie. And that's one of the main things that. I remember. And I just love her being out there and then floating up and going out into the water and stuff. I, yeah. just, I love that whole part. It's just such a good scene, like, in general. Like, I've always felt like I'm not as high on this movie as you are, Latrice. <laughs> um, I don't mm-hmm. hate it, but I feel like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Lion King are better. <gasps> but I do feel like it has the best songs. Ugh. It has the best Everything. <laughs> and I'm seeing it through my teeth. <laughs> like, but especially part of your world, which is like a it's yes. such an introspective song for it to be in a Disney film. Like it actually start put them on the path Listen, to where they were what making is a better fire songs. And why does it burn? Hello? Right. right. Things we need to know. 
Right. Like, if you go to, like, Oliver and Company or Great Mouse Detective, there are not songs of that caliber in those films. Mm-hmm. Like, she's sitting, she's hitting all these notes, you know, she's, like, you know, talking about, you know, um, you know, up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, wandering yeah. free. Wish I could be part of that world. You know, mm-hmm. bet you on land, they understand, bet they don't reprimand their daughters. Bright yeah. young women. Bright young women. Sick, sick of, of swimming, swimming. Ready to ready stand. Ready to stand. <laughs> <laughs> and then the reprise where she's singing, singing it to Eric and she jumped back in the water. And then my favorite scene in the whole film, the, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I, but know, I something know something starting, starting right, right now. now. Watch and you'll see. <laughs> Wish I could be. And she gets up on the rock. I love you. Splash. Yes. <laughs> Such, it, it, I mean, the song sequences are so freaking good in there. Especially mm-hmm. that. And then like Poor Unfortunate Souls where Ursula gives her whole little backstory. Ali was like, at least she's honest about her Yelp reviews. <laughs> I admit that in the past yeah. I've been a nasty. They were kidding. Mm-hmm. They called me well a witch. But you'll find that nowadays I have mended all my ways, repented, seen the light, and made a switch. True? Yes. <laughs> Are we can we just get to the live? Because <laughs> Let me just really finish up um with the actual with okay. the actual film really quickly. Uh so okay. you know, like, you know, great sequences. Kiss the girl, of course, you know, great song. Mm-hmm. Another great Sebastian song and everything. What else was I gonna say? And it's the last Disney film that they actually shot on film. The last one that was made, quote unquote, the old way, where they are mm-hmm. drawing on paper. They are xeroxing the paper onto plastic sheets, clear sheets called cells. Turn them on the back, paint in the colors, and then you <sighs> make like a background on a separate piece of paper, and you put them underneath an actual camera. You click. And take the photograph and go to the next um, frame. Click, take the photograph, go to the, n- the next frame. When they oh had to do God. special effects, that meant you had to cut out some shapes, take a picture of the shape, use that to superimpose like light or shine light from behind the drawings when you had like the fog and the lightning and things. Like there's all these old techniques that they don't do anymore yeah. that Mermaid was the last time they did them. When it's time for it to do rain. Rain in animated films, old ones, it's not usually drawn. They take a black sheet, they film water or milk falling in front of it in slow motion, and they superimpose it over the frame. I bet they didn't know how to act when they moved to computers. No, they didn't. (laughs) They were like, what have we been doing? (laughs) Well, actually, at first, it was kind of hard because computers back... It was the 80s, and computers were kind of slow and bad. As a matter of fact, the second to last shots in Little Mermaid were... So King Triton is, you know, he says goodbye to Ariel. He makes the rainbow. The shot yeah. where the boat is going off into the rainbow. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you shot, can tell. Yeah, that shot tell. was the first shot they ever did using the computer. It was their test shot. Uh, Pixar developed for Disney what was called CAPS, the Computer Animation Production System, where it was hardware and software designed to where instead of Xeroxing, drawing pages onto plastic sheets, you are scanning them into a computer and basically doing Photoshop, click, fill, click, fill, click, fill. Mm. It allowed them to do, like, more, like, special effects, like, um, 
like multiplane where the camera zooms through the layers of the drawing in more or less 3D style, which they had, which they used to do with these big ass camera rigs that they were very complicated, but in the computer it's a lot easier. They could integrate CGI better. There is CGI in Mermaid. The boat is CGI. Um, there's a shot where the stairs are CGI. You know, like, but it's where they're literally um, rendering it in the computer. The computer is printing it onto the cells and they're painting it by hand. Because this is 87, 88. Computers were, you know, we weren't there yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Too much. That sounds like slavery. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) funny thing about um, ink and paint work, most of it was done by women. Like, traditionally, ever since, like, the 30s and 40s. Walt's wife, Lillian, actually started at the Disney studio as an ink and paint girl. They called them, of course. They were grown women, but ink and paint mm. girls. Uh, they were, and they actually for Mermaid to save money because they did not have a lot of money. If you listen to the score, yeah. the orchestra is, like, a third of the size of the Disney movies that came afterwards. It's like, they didn't have money, really, on this movie. They actually also outsourced some of the painting Overseas to like Korea and China, some of the bubbles were animated in um, China. And when the, the Tiananmen Square thing happened in May, June, nineteen eighty nine, most of us were like, "Hopefully, we get democracy in China." Disney was like, "Hopefully, we get our bubbles back from the mail." <laughs> uh, priorities, but yeah, the Little Mermaid came out in what's the actual day? November the. 17th, 1989. Mm. And it became the first Disney film in a very long time to be a box office hit. It grossed, at the time, $89 million, which was an unheard of sum for them at that time. They were shocked. (laughs) And they were like, oh, maybe maybe these Disney animated films have some life to them after all. And so they immediately, you know, jumped into making more like Mermaid. They um, made Beauty and the Beast with more Howard Ashman and Alan making songs. Then Howard Ashman died from AIDS-related um, illnesses. And they made Aladdin, Lion King, and on from there. Uh, Mermaid was re-released in 1997 to compete with Don Bluth's Anastasia. <laughs> Because speaking of Don Bluth, All Dogs Go to Heaven came out the same day as The Little Mermaid, 1989. Mm. Did y'all see All Dogs Go to Heaven? Uh, yes. In the theater? No. (laughs) I mean, I I don't remember seeing any of these, like, none of these in the theater when I was younger. It was was always on TV. I wasn't really Mm. going to the movies like that. Not Not until, like, high school. Yeah, I definitely saw Mermaid and All Dogs Go to Heaven in the theater when they were both when they were out. Not on the same day, just you know, one one week, one yeah. the next. <laughs> right. We got to Mermaid late. By the time we got there, they were already We are the daughters of Triton. Father who named who loves us and named us well. You know. <laughs> so I never saw the opening like, three or four minutes until I was like almost grown. <laughs> um, but yeah, All Dogs Go to Heaven came out the same day. That movie is fucking weird <laughs> and dark. Like Dom, like Ali said last week, all Dom Blue movies are about like death and demons and destruction and and dark magic. 
That's that's pretty much all of them. That, that's, they're they're the things you put on. They're the things you put on to scare your children. Yes. Right. This you, it, it's the scare your children straight um, animated movies. Pretty much. Yes. Um. What was I going to say about? But yeah, so in the course, you know, they made a TV show, uh, Little Mermaid. It came out on CBS yes, for a couple of seasons. Loved it. And then there were two direct-to-video sequels. Yes, I have those as well. You... Well, no one one is a prequel. It's Ariel's beginning. Right, that's, the, that's, that's number that's three. She was like, but yeah, but it's like it's supposed to be before the Little Mermaid. Right, so it's when Ari- it's when Ariel's like a little girl. Yeah, but it's the third so, sequel though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Little Mermaid 2. Um, it's about with her, Eric with her daughter, and Ariel's Melody. daughter. Yeah. Melody. Mm-hmm. It's the, and that one has, oh, God, there's a song in there that's really good. I can't remember it right now, but they're both, they're all, all three are wonderful. I own them all on DVD. Cool. And then 2008, there was a Broadway play that debuted. Mm, I have not seen it. I'm sad. Um, it featured Titus Burgess as um, Sebastian. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and I've seen it happen. He 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 is singing all over that melody line. He's sitting notes that are not on that paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they do the um, Broadway show by having the mermaids and the fish and whatever on roller skates. Hmm. So Titus had to learn how to roller skate. <laughs> I don't know if you already yeah. knew. I just imagine, like, I, I'm sorry, I wouldn't get cast in that because I, I ain't, on, I ain't getting on a roller skates. So I'm sorry. No, nope. <laughs> I would have rolled right off that stage. <laughs> Listen, in front of all the white people in gowns and tuxedos and shit, just it's <laughs> like a cartoon. You just hear, <laughs> right? I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> just rolling right into the orchestra pit. Right. Which brings us to the Little Mermaid Live, which aired last week. Yes. Um, so, uh, live in front of a studio audience. Yes. So they showed the animated movie, and then they cut into live parts where they had um, Alihi Opera Actus Cravallo, who we all know as the voice of Moana, was the uh, singing for um, was performing Ariel. Graham Phillips was Prince Eric. Queen Latifah Ooh. was Ursula the Sea Witch. Yes. Shaggy. Was Sebastian the Crab? Mm-hmm. John Stamos was Chef Louis, who sings "Les Passants, Les Passants, he 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 ha ha ha," and a special mm-hmm. guest appearance from Amber Fucking Riley out of nowhere to be the mm-hmm. MC to sing "We Are the Daughters of Triton." And so, well, we all live tweeted it and watched it as it was going on. And mm-hmm. all right, so Little Mermaid the movie, I give a B plus. The Little Mermaid Live, mm. I give a B minus. Mm. Um, I feel like it was the best execution of what they were doing, of what they were trying to do. Yes, it wasn't. So, it, yeah, the whole, like, uh, having the animated film, like, for the dialogue and then moving into the live performances for the songs. Like, it actually worked very well. And the stage they had, like, the stage was incredible. Um, and how they were doing everything, like even with um, Ursula's little eels, like how they, you could tell they had the people or whatever, yeah, like controlling them. But I mean, how everything looked was really good, so it wasn't a, it wasn't that bad. Um, it was just some of the performances weren't 
the best. Like, Alini oh. Carvalho, I mean, she is 18. She just turned 18 years old. She's a little girl. And yeah. I, I always give them a little bit of leeway when they're on live TV doing these live musicals. Right. Like, right. And, and so it's like, she did good for the most part. She did miss that last note of part of your world. And, yes. had to, and had to hold the darn thing and had the whole internet talking about, oh, this girl can't sing and everything. I literally tweeted like a good church mother. That's all right, mm-hmm. baby. That's all right. And then it's like, did y'all like Moana? Well, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> y'all want some more Moana? <laughs> like, you liked Moana, so what are you trying to say? But yeah, right. yeah, she didn't. Yeah, she missed that last note. Yeah. Shaggy... Okay. Came out in what people said was basically Michael Jackson's outfit from His Thriller. thriller <laughs> because the um And also, um, oh, who else did they say it was? Oh shoot. Oh, uh Eddie Murphy from Raw. Yeah, Eddie Murphy from he Raw. Had, he had that red jacket on. Mm-hmm. Uh because his crab hands, they decided during dress rehearsal that they didn't work for some reason. I thought they looked fine. I saw a picture of them. I mean, that would have made it. You realized that he was a crab, right? <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't get it. Why, why wouldn't it not work? He doesn't have right. to hold anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They, they just decided that you know we aren't going to use them. Just have your hands; it's fine. But mm. they made them and designed them. And they matched the outfit, and yeah. they were like, you know, he was gonna, you know, he was, he was still good though. Yeah, I, I thought he was him. fine. Like, he, he was very animated. Some people talking about like he was. You can tell he was having fun. Yeah. Some people talking about like he looked bored. I was like, no, he don't. Have you seen Shaggy? Did? No. He just scowls all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he sounded fine. Like he sounded like what I expected him to sound like. Mm-hmm. He was trying to give it an authentic reggae sound because he's probably the yeah. only Jamaican person who has ever sung this thing at, at this large of an audience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because Ali tried and his audition didn't, didn't um, they didn't call him back. Uh-uh, don't do that. Don't <laughs> stop do that. it. Stop it. You better stop. Ali, listen to me. The human world eats no. us. Stop. <laughs> he has no chill, Atria. I have nope. no chill. I Absolutely really don't. Josh Stamos was fun. I... So, that is like the one part that I absolutely did not pay attention to. Uh, it did At get a little point, bit slapsticky. I was like changing my bed sheets and I was like, oh, it's over with. Like I saw it and then like he was holding up the fish and then next thing I know, I was like, oh, I missed the entire performance. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah, they, it, it was they, real they, they silly. Ex- they extended his song, right? They extended his song they, to give him to give him more of a to give it more of a dance sequence and everything. Oh yeah, that. I forgot to mention that when they did the songs in Little Mermaid Live, they actually performed the um, Broadway versions of all these songs, not the ones from the movie. Which also meant they were adding in some of the Broadway songs. Like there's a song that Eric and Ariel sing when Ariel's lost her voice and Eric is watching her yes. through the window. These songs Ugh. that are not in the movie, but they are in the Broadway show. And you know, uh, uh, theatrical Twitter was on um, was on there talking about. Y'all don't be acting a fool. These are songs from the Broadway show. (laughs) Yeah, because that one Eric song, I was like, what is, I just, I don't even like this little boy. What is he doing? I don't want to hear nothing that I don't know the words to. (laughs) He already needs to go back to community theater. Wow. I, I just don't like him. He was, no. I just, I was not happy with him as Eric at all. Right. Of course, the, um, the MVP of this entire broadcast was Queen. Latifah. I mean, round of applause. Miss 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 Dana Owens. Miss Dana Owens. Listen. When I tell you, first of all, it 
Was she the only person who showed up to rehearsal? Because... <laughs> and this... Now, you know, I'm a super fan, so I, I loved it still. But it was like nobody else performed but her. Everybody else sang. She performed. Like they, yeah, they were there. They were just like, okay, let me get through this song and like rush backstage. But she came out and gave you attitude. Even when she like... Did her little Janet Jackson Super Bowl move where she like took her outer part of her outfit off, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, please don't let nothing else." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You no, know, we a little, no, we, we no, a little not, shell not shocked since then. I'm just not saying, not on live TV. I'm no. just saying, okay, and not surely not Disney, right, Lord. But yeah, and she came out and she like clearly had the one outfit that was like the worst to walk in. Well, besides mm-hmm. Ariel, but she just embodied like she was Ursula right from and she like had the one song where she like you know she had to sing really fast and did not mess up not one word I remember when she was doing Hairspray the movie and you know that song the the last song uh, what's it called You Can't Stop the Beat uh-huh. Uh, everybody complained about singing that song because it's real fast you know as the world keeps spinning round and round and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff they said she was the only one who came into the session and got through it in one take. And she was, I wonder and, if it's because of like her like her rapping. That's background. exactly if, what she said. She's like, helped. yeah, okay. she's, she's like, I'm a rapper. I'm used to putting a whole lot of words together yeah. really fast. Because like I was like waiting for this, and I was like, oh my god, I was like, please don't mess up any of these words. And I was like, she is doing all of these. All of these lyrics for Ursula, like yep. just like as fast as they're supposed to be, and like not taking a breath, and just I mean, she was going through. It was so good. She was just, I was just amazed. I mean, I knew she was going to be amazing, but my God, she and I was like, okay, so have we cemented? Have we given Melissa McCarthy the contract yet? No, she has not signed anything. Okay, yet. so basically, <laughs> what I'm hearing is. <laughs> We already got hair, makeup, wardrobe. So, like, we we ready to film. I'm just saying. I agree, Get, actually. Listen. Call, Dana, call Dana. We are, listen, we already know she can do this. Like, yes. just get her for, I will not be mad if she showed up in the movie as well. Listen. I really, I wanted her for the movie. I am certain Lin-Manuel so. was watching this because he's producing the movie. I'm I mean, certain. hello. Hold on a second. Do we so need to start tweeting him? So they haven't actually started on the other one. Of course not. They don't have a script written yet. Right. So technically speaking, anything could happen to Melissa McCarthy between now and then. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Melissa McCarthy, but I'm sorry. It it has to be Queen Latifah. Right. Like, it just, it had, she's who I wanted anyway. And so when she did the live, I was excited. But after seeing her performance, oh my Mm -hmm. God. There's, I I cannot see anybody else doing this. I really cannot. Latria, they still have, there's still some time. I mean, accidents happen all the time. Wow, Jesus. <laughs> what? No, no. Talking don't about, do that I to have Melissa. no chill. My goodness gracious. Hey, now, I, I like Melissa. Don't do that. Don't put the no words that are said her. on the Say Something Nice podcast belong to the people who say them and them alone. We do not endorse <laughs> having any sort of accidents happen to any sort of celebrities who are appearing in comedies. Nope. <laughs> not at all. No. But yeah, she Queen Latifah owned the night. <laughs> the men up there are like I a lot even, of blabber. They pick a girl who got right up under her. Listen, I had to go right up under her Instagram, and I was like, "Ma'am, that, <laughs> that was your night. Like you did that." Come on, they're not all that impressed with conversation. True gentlemen avoid it when they can. A and like, I, I forgot how good she could sing. Like I knew she could sing because yeah. you know she did Chicago, and she's. 
had a whole jazz album, but yeah. oh my God, she was hitting them notes. Like, incredible. Just incredible. Flotsam, jetsam, now I've got her, boys. The boss is on a roll. This poor hun. Listen, every time I see that contract, I cannot not think about that meme. The Jennifer Lopez meme where it said, like, you will be beautiful, you will be ageless, but you will not be able to sing. <laughs> they showed a you picture know, of Ariel signing the contract. I have not seen that. <laughs> I see that all wow. the time. And I y'all, laugh every time. It's evil, but it's, it's... Why y'all do J-Lo like that? <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, but wow. Oh, Lord. Wow. I've never seen that. But yeah, it aired on ABC last Tuesday, mm-hmm. and all the reviews were bad. <laughs> yeah, I had to, like, at one point, I just had to get off Twitter because it was making me upset. Yeah, all the professional reviews. I was like, I just kept seeing that Entertainment Weekly gave it a D. Mm. Just, like... And people were talking about the, the puppet for Flounder looked creepy. Um, have that thing look like it was on meth? Did you? I mean, it, it did look fl- a little brain Flounder dead. looked like he had been through some things in life. He looked okay? like he'd already been cooked. Like he, yes. like he swam into the red lobster and didn't <laughs> it, escape in time. That thing, something was wrong with Flounder. <laughs> yeah, it, I, now that was funny looking on Twitter, like with everybody uh, talking about Flounder. Oh, I'm reading right here that says um, that it was actually the ABC senior vice president who was trying to explain to Twitter that that they removed Shecky's um, craw, um, craw claws because they didn't like how they looked. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, um, so yeah, that was Little, Little Mermaid Live. Uh, yes. I don't think they'll do anything like this again. So next time they want to do a live, they'll just do the whole mm-hmm. thing live for them to show the movie one or the two. Yeah. And also, I, I did notice that they were cutting, or they cut the movie about maybe like a minute or two shorter. Yeah, they, it they, was not, yeah. it was not the entire movie. Yeah, they, they did little neat trims <laughs> here and there. They didn't think anybody mm-hmm. would notice. We noticed. Yeah. <laughs> And also, I told y'all, they scrubbed that movie the fuck clean in the computer. Like, they took all the film grain out. I was like, they try to make it look as a modern computer-colored cartoon movie. Like, what what is this? Except for that last scene. Except for it the, still yeah. look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't do anything with that. Uh, no. <laughs> you can't render something in um, 2K 30 years ago and expect nope. it to look good in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. why, like, interesting trivia, all the Disney DVDs and stuff of Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and all that, they went back and found the old files and redid all the renders before they made DVDs and Blu-rays of them. They didn't use the original film elements at all. Mm. Because they knew. <laughs> they said, let's do it again. All right. Um, let's go ahead on. All right. Uh, did anybody ever decide upon a say something nice challenge for today, or are we just gonna just talk about oh, random things that pissed us off? <laughs> I forgot we had homework. Um, no, and I don't. I can't even think of anything that's. We well, we 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 we, uh, we vetoed everything that I suggested because oh, like, it was too yeah, much. Oh yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. 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 So a lot of y'all be acting the fool. Um, yes, and get it together. Get it together, please. Behave yourselves. 
Um, I will say this. So, Dr. Sleep, um, here's a taste of the nice challenge for everybody. Dr. Sleep K, um, was released this weekend. We reviewed it earlier in the show. Ken had to leave. Um, it is flopping at the box office. Like, it's not just doing bad. It's, do- it's doing bad. It's not just underperforming. Like, they are mm-hmm. scared. Because- so, I have a question, Brandon, before you keep on going. So, I know that around the time when um, Infinity War earlier this year came around. Endgame. And there were, sorry, Endgame. There were a lot of concerns about the, the, the trend that's happening right now in terms of the genre of movies that are coming out and what actually makes money, what puts butts in seats. Uh-huh. And people were concerned that, that people weren't watching enough of other genres. It was just too, it was like as if we were being inundated with too many superhero themed movies. It's not just superheroes, right? it's superheroes and blockbusters, like sci fi blockbusters. Right. And the other films that, the other films in other genres, they weren't getting enough attention. And I'm wondering, is this a result of this uh, stuff like this? Is this? Do you think this is what's happening here? Absolutely. The funny thing is, though, they could have easily cut some trailers to sell Doctor Sleep as a superhero film. It's not hard, but I guess they didn't want to do it, or maybe they thought they would piss off Stephen King or something like that. But it basically is Dark Phoenix, just done way, 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 way better. But also, Doctor Sleep is. I think we. I think me and Ken would agree. I'm not sure because he did like this other film, a better movie than Joker. I almost thought I should bleep that. I hate that fucking movie right now. Y'all <laughs> made me hate it. Y'all made me hate it. I I thought the movie was just okay when it came out, but everybody's talking about, oh, it's so it's so deep. It's so great. Uh, One billion dollars at the box. Why is this a billion dollars at the box office? Why? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and that I mean like I said that movie's made more money than God they wanted Dr. Sleep to make 20 million this weekend it's made 14 well okay it's not that far off that's, that's, uh, a, it, it's, that's a lot of money it's a lot like we it doesn't sound that far off but like what, they tend to try to quote unquote low ball estimates so that it's like when it comes out over it's like oh it overperformed and mm. so when it goes under by that much it doesn't look good mm. because there's no opportunity really for it coming up in the next couple of weeks for it to rebound um because you have even if by word of mouth even if people say it's good because it is good uh we have mm-hmm. frozen 2 coming out in a couple of weeks might be oh, this yeah. coming and like that's going to listen it's going to throw everything. In like two, yeah, two weeks. Yep. Two Char- and a half, two, two and a half. Charlie's Angels comes out this coming Friday, then Frozen Child, 2. okay, we're not even, yeah, I, not even on the same scale. I think Charlie's Angels <laughs> is not going to do what they think it's going to do. You you heard it here first, Meaning, folks. So you think it's going to do well or it's not? It's not going to do saying? well. Oh, well, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, the one in, the, in 2000 made out the money because they had three big stars in the lead parts. Now, when it was going to be Lupita and other people, I could have seen this doing well. But when they got right. these three girls, including um, on Twilight, you know, uh, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see it doing 
well at all. I wonder why Lupita I mean, didn't I feel, do it. I wonder I if like she read if, the script. It's like, oh, no. Maybe, listen, okay? You know the funny thing is... She got good that, people on her team, and she is very intelligent. She right. was like, I have a feeling that the movie I'm going to go do actually, Little Monsters. <laughs> I have a feeling that the movie is actually just fine. But the I fact that is. all of these... But it, the could fact the that perf- at least, it could be the performance stuff. I don't Yeah, I have a feeling that it's going to be fine because... I just don't find Kristen Stewart is, is a terrible actress. She's and, just been in movies where they, yeah. where they just have her doing nothing. And people tend to like Elizabeth Banks movies yeah. that she's done. She did a Pitch Perfect yeah, 3, she, right? Yeah. 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 And the I think she did the second one, too. And she did um, The Hunger Games. I think right. the she last, was in The Hunger the, Games. Yeah, but I think the last couple she may have produced or something. Right. Um, and, I, and I like Kristen Stewart, but I just... I don't know. The thing is... I, I just like the la- the old Charles Angels. I don't need a new one. We live, yeah, we live in a world where Paramount Pictures could not sell to us a new Terminator movie, even though they went and bet James Cameron on bended knee. They begged uh, Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger on bended knee, come back, come back, come back, and they got you know the director of the highest grossing R rated film of all time up until Joker, which was Deadpool, Tim Miller. Mm-hmm. The, all this star power, and I, I didn't see it because I don't, I'm not a Terminator person, but most people are Terminator, it Terminator people. It looks good, though. It yeah. looked like the trailer looked good. I'm surprised that it didn't do well. Yeah, people said it was okay, but like it mm. literally came out and from the start did not do well. Like Thursday night did not do well. And now they're saying that Paramount is staring down a barrel of a $120 million write off for it. Mm-mm. This is why this is why Viacom and CBS are getting the fuck back together because Paramount keeps mm-hmm. putting these movies out and nobody goes to see them. <laughs> I hope but, them but the actors already cashed their checks. But the equation, <laughs> but the equation should work though. The equation should work. What Brandon just pointed out, all those factors. Yeah, it in should. A, in a perfect world, this should have come together. Exactly. This should be, this it should really be a home should run. Have. How much did this? How much they spend on this um, Terminator oh. movie? I'm up, I know Doctor Sleep was thirty five million dollars, which they spent every dime because you would think it cost double that. It looks really good. Um, I mean, listen, every review I've listened to of Terminator, um, you know, this term, this past Terminator, it's been good. People have been talking very I mean, rare reviews. You know, the, it cost $185 million to make. Jesus Christ. Shit. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's a lot of goddamn money. Yes. <laughs> you might have wanted to cap it at one fifty, but I don't know. Mm. But they, but, you know. Listen, y'all, y'all gonna, y'all gonna pay Linda. <laughs> Listen, uh, Linda went straight to the bank and was like, "Hurry up, hurry up, cash shit, <laughs> hurry up, hurry up, uh, run it through, run yeah. it through." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, she was like, "You know what? No, just wire my funds to my account." Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell you what, y'all not gonna do. Do you want it in twenties uh, tw- or hundreds? I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, right. Just I sho- want my money. Shove it all in this in this knapsack with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's, there's a star poking its head inside of the. She's cashing the check. She cashes the check, and then the star flies up, escapes on the water, and goes back to tell the Paramount. <laughs> wow! Really? Listen, really? them stars trip me out. Sitting there, flying out the sky and skating on the water. Woo! He's skating to the mountain. Woo! Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. 
I'm terrible. They got stars skating on water. <laughs> there have been movie logos that are worse. There have been. <laughs> there have been really bad movie logos. Oh, uh, but yeah, I think Rocket Man is still their highest grossing movie of the year. I think I'm gonna go look it up right quick. Just make sure I'm not telling tales out of school. What else? I mean, Crawl didn't do that well. Oh, is that about the alligator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks stupid. It it got good reviews. It's just that it came out. Mm-hmm. I think Spider Man was out when it was out, and so they just they were like, nope. Oh. <laughs> people, so people. I mean, I don't even. Know, I I am very interested to know or to to hear people's thoughts on what is the new equation. Yep, Rocket Man is the highest grossing film of the year, and it only and quote unquote. Made $96 million in America. Number two is Dora the Explorer. What? With $60 million. Hmm. So what is it that they have to do? Not Like, what is the new equation? Like, how can they sell their movies? Because some of these things are, I mean... And Gemini they, Man they, was they, a Paramount picture, too. Things. I forgot that part. And we they, talked about oh. that and it flopping a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and and everything they they're putting together. I so mean, it basically, like it what I'm work, hearing so. is somebody's getting fired. Somebody's getting the fuck fired this year. They have to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have already me. called their agent and the recruiters. Okay. Like, find me a new job. Like you have cost me too much money. I will be the All CEO right. of Charmin Toilet Paper. Just get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but guys, I have a question. Yes. That's cool. We pointed out all the yes, bad, bad. Where is the where's the solution here? They what's gotta the find a franchise that works for them. That's why they were trying to bring back, bring back Terminator. They were gonna make three more of these movies, or two more, and this one being the other of the three. But they can't. <laughs> uh Playing with Fire is also a Paramount movie that came out this weekend. With John Cena. With John Cena. Child. It made twelve million dollars, so somebody saw that Child. shit. I saw it I in mean, the auditorium next to me. I know he was all on like Good Morning America last week. I'm like, ain't nobody gonna see this mess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know what they're going to do that will solidify them because what franchises Ooh. do they have at, at Paramount that uh they got um all they have is uh what's um dun dun what's that name of that Mission Impossible. That's all they got. Jeez. Which is, I mean, Mission Impossible movies are great. I love them still. Yeah, everybody but loves them. you can't just survive on that alone. Right. Yeah, that is true. Because Tom can't keep jumping out of exactly. planes and scaling buildings. He is like 65 years old. One of these days he's going to break both <laughs> legs and it's going to be over. Okay. I know he likes to do a lot of his own stunts, but baby, you got to scale it back. Yeah, you yeah. got to slow down. There's only, there's only so much that can protect you. I'm so yeah! Okay. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> Uh, Brandon bleep that out. <laughs> Ali, listen, I am paranoid. Do not. I will. I will put a note right there as my note to take that out. I do not want to. Listen, listen, Ali, this is why you should have watched the LA Complex. You would know what happens. Oh, God, Jesus. Hey, listen, Ali, since since you have HBO now, you need to watch Going Clear. Yes. (laughs) But don't watch it at night and close your blinds. I'm just saying. Yeah, let me wow. see what Paramount got coming up because they they gonna need something. So this is our challenge. We gonna see help Paramount. And this, oh, and... oh Christ! I forgot! I forgot! What? The next big Paramount release? 
Uh oh. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the oh. Hedgehog. Oh my God. Sonic and they already the messed it up before it even came out with that ugly drawing. <laughs> I saw the new one, like somebody leaked it. It looks like Sonic Ooh. now. Like it's literally like they took the design out the game and they're like, put I it mean, in. <laughs> listen, the cartoon is already on and the cartoon is great. So right. why do we even need this movie? <laughs> so they have that. Then they have a quiet place part two. Okay, now they gonna make money off of that. Yeah, now they gonna now I'll I'll go see that because I I've seen the first one. Another SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Okay, they'll they'll make money off of that. Okay, so Top, Quiet Place and SpongeBob. Yep. Okay, Top Gun Maverick, which could go either way. I know it's Tom okay, Cruise. Because God, what has it been like? Thirty years. Thirty five years. Thirty thirty four. It'll be thirty four when it comes out. Because eighty six. Um. Are all the is the dude from ER? Did he live in that movie? Is he gonna be? Who, who's from ER? What's his name? Remember the guy who was like the nerdy doctor on ER? Because isn't he in Top Gun? It's Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, Lewis mm-hmm. Pullman, Ed Harris, Val Kilmer. Okay, maybe Monica he wasn't. Barbaro. Maybe he wasn't. I thought Jay he Ellis, was. Lawrence. I think okay. I knew that though, but yeah, Lawrence in the movie. Okay. Probably got three lines. <laughs> Stop. It's terrible. Oh, the trailer's out. Yep. Some wrestling animated movie called Rumble. Chat is John Cena the voice? Please tell me. It's no, it's is no he? blue link. I can't tell. And of course, okay. uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog in November. Another Clifford movie? Mm-hmm. And Coming to America, That'll of course, good because, in December. Oh, God. Coming to America is Paramount? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Because Coming to America that. 1 is Paramount. I did not know that. I'm concerned. So, wait. So, do we think... Do I'm think concerned. That could, oh, do you God. think that that could save Paramount? I mean, Coming to America was very, very, very... It could. But it'd, be, it could. it'd be amazing oh. if uh, if um, this um, Negro picture saved them when all these white movies Wouldn't couldn't. it be? <laughs> Wait, who's writing it? Anybody is who's in the I, in the driver's who, seat of coming to America? Are they black? Kenya Barris. Oh, okay. A- and okay. the writers of the original who are white people. And it's well, directed by Crab Brewer, who is white, but he did Dolomite, so you know. But she said Kenya, so okay, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I trust him. Right. Um, but yeah. Um Which I just I really I recently remembered that um Netflix stole him also from ABC. Like they, they sure did. Was, Gave him a deal. They, they got him and Shonda. Then they got went and got uh, Ava Ryan from FX, which is now owned by ABC. So basically, they just stole yeah. all of Disney's people. Sure the fuck They're like, did. oh, you going to take your stuff from us? Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We got your people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they still have an Indiana Jones 5 dated for 2021. Child... Please don't tell me that what you didn't he almost die from the light. The he last did one from law. Is he going? He's oh, not going to try to be in this. They are he? making it. Disney is putting it out themselves. I think they're giving Paramount like like um, required contractual credit because they put out the other four. But apparently, Disney has the deal to put out five themselves. Okay, but Harrison's film. not trying to be in it. Right? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. What what did he, uh, he like everybody, I'm ready to play do? Indiana Jones. Didn't he like break something or what He broke was his it? foot or something while he was filming um uh one of these I think it was a Star Wars. Aren't we 
It was I mean, let's look it up. Let's look it but up. either let's way, he's at least 75, like, for real. He is exactly 75. Okay, I'm going to need him and Liam to just, you know. Nope, 77. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Oh, my God. No. I mean, he could be, like, you know, the the former um, explorer and just, like, an advisor for, like, the younger person or something. Then I they got to cast, they bring out Shia LaBeouf and everybody's not going to see the movie. You just got to get a different Indiana Jones entirely and just reboot the shit, start over from scratch. Yeah. And maybe he could be, like, a, somebody in, like, a dreamscape or something, like yeah. a ghost. Earth 2, Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Broadcasting from another dimension. I know, right? Trying to come in. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't... Ooh. Paramount's just... They don't have it. It looks like... Yikes. Somebody... They're about to reshuffle the, uh, mm-hmm. the executives there. Because somebody... Because I was looking, I saw... Uh, it said Gemini Man cost $133 yep. million to make. And it only made, like, what, 80-something? Did it make it all the way to 80 already? Or overseas, uh, I guess. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Overse- Let me... Hold on. I have it. Let's see. But, yeah, like, um, especially considering, you know, Disney has all them damn Marvel movies coming out and more Star Wars movies coming out in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, Warner Brothers is trying their best with what they have. Um... And Universal can always put out a Minions movie and make bank off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Paramount, you know, them, star, them stars might have to go off the skate in the water and go stand on the bread line. <laughs> <laughs> they need to go have a, re- uh, a corporate retreat. Yep. And just, you know, re- realign their goals. <laughs> I think they bought the rights to make one Valiant Comics movie. And I will be honest with y'all. I'm sure some of y'all indie comic book fans of Valiant Comics are going to write in and cuss me out. But nobody's going to go see no Valiant Comics movie just off the strip of it being a Valiant Comics movie unless you put big stars in it. Because nobody has read them comics but, like, the nerdy nerds. This ain't, this ain't like Guys of the Galaxy where it's still a Marvel property and it's still associated with, like, people that cares people already know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be a tough fucking sell, some Valiant comic stuff. It just is. Yeah. It's not impossible. I mean, look at the boys on Amazon, but that's still also, it's on Amazon. It's available in somebody's home at home at the house. Because certain people, Ali, have told me that these millennials... Don't see the value of going to the theater at all unless it is a superhero movie with big action that they already know. Mm -hmm. So the biggest release of Paramount's this year was Rocketman, a movie that, while it has some CGI action and stuff, is a big gay-ass musical about a big gay-ass man's life. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was so fantastic. It was so goddamn good. Ooh, that was the best to movie see I in a theater. Yes, it was the best, <laughs> the best movie I think yeah. I saw this year. And Ali is like, I'm not gonna go see it, Brandon. There's no superheroes. Nobody shoots fire out their ass. Ali, you didn't go see Rocket Man? No, he didn't. Huh? Um, oh second, my god! And you let missed just, it in the robot. movie theater. Did you Ali? really just put words in my mouth <laughs> and tell me? Did you really just do that? <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Did uh, you really sit there and lie bullface to Latrell? Like I was this? not lying. I was paraphrasing. No, 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 no. You're not gonna do that. You are not gonna do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, so you did that. Tell her man. what you told me then. So Brandon basically basically whittled on everything I said to. I'm not going to see Rocket Man because it has no superheroes and no action in it. I have never said those things. No, not specifically like Rocket Man, but movies, like movies in general that aren't sort of kind of big budget like things. You said you did say that that you that you don't see the value in going to see them in the theater. I'm not. Judge, I'm not, I'm not a theater. I'm not. Listen. But I, what, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is that you are actually indicative of people. I mean, because you're only four years younger than us, but you're indicative of people your age. And as far as your theater am, going habits, because that's that's to what they're in trouble again. about. I was never a huge movie-going person in the first place, right? I am not that guy that is at the theater, that is at the cinema every other week trying to see a movie. I am a homebody. (laughs) I like to stay in my home. It'll take a lot to get me out there to a cinema. True. And I do not... And there's the other thing, too. It's like... The things that Va- Brandon says that he values about going to see a scene. For example, oh, Ali, I like going to see comedies in theater because I like laughing with a bunch of people. I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. care about, I don't care about seeing a, seeing a comedy with a bunch of strangers yeah. in the theater and laughing with them. But it's, it's the just best not something time. I, prioritize. I, I understand that. But you need to <laughs> stop attacking me for not liking that. I'm not attacking you. Problem. Because every time he brings it up, I'm it trying sounds to like understand. as if it's like, it's like as if, well, you know, shame on you for not wanting to laugh with a bunch of people. And I'm like, but that's just not me. <laughs> right. I will I, say, I, though, because of like the singing and the performances, like the sound quality itself, like a Rocket Man was like really excellent to see in the right. theater. And I'm sure like, I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't have gotten that same thing like watching it at home because I don't have surround sound or like a sound bar or nothing like that. And that's what I was so. trying to. That's what I was trying to tell Brandon. It's like, yeah, there are some things that a theater going experience is going to enhance. One, mm-hmm. when there's a lot of musical numbers, right? Yeah. All right. Now you get the full surround sound thing that Latrice right. just said. That is the experience you want. Two, big graphics and action, CGI mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing, bigger and better on a screen. But when it comes to like dialogue heavy movies that's just you know you you you're the the entertain the the real the meat of it is in the quality of the lines being said and the impact emotionally and the visual watching that it's 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 not it's not the first priority in terms of like yeah let's go you know let me go see for me personally see a movie i just don't buy it as much. And one of those things is when it comes to a lot of the comedies that 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 we watch. I would watch them at home with a group of like my family. In fact, that's where most of the times I've seen comedies is when I'm with family or with friends and we're watching it on like a holiday if we're together Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. That's when I see all those things. But I'm not going to go by myself <laughs> to watch night school. Now you picked literally like one of the you know sorry Latria one of the like not as good movies that has come out in the last couple of years the Puerto Rico Fine, fine. Like, you could have said like like Girls use... Trip was a great time at the theater. Okay, yes. I'm not going to watch it by myself. I'm not going to go by myself. 
You're not by yourself. You're in. A, you're with people, and you're enjoying the movie. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't care what strangers laughing with me. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 um like say by the bell. It's like watching say by the bell. They have a studio audience. They're laughing at the jokes. They go ooh ow <laughs> when uh, when um, Ralph Angel showed up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. No. No. I will say this. If I was with like family. Or a group of people. And they were just like, hey, let's go see a movie. And they pick said movie and it happens to be a comedy. Sure, I'll watch it with, with people that I know. Right. But I am not going by myself to see a movie like like that. It's just I want I need to see it. I will see it with with people that I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Like for example, and but the other things like into the spider-verse. Even if I didn't go with friends or family or fr- family, if you didn't whatever, see Into the Spider Verse in the theater, I, 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 you have my condolences. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I did I, I never anyway. got to. See oh, listen, listen, Latria, you would have seen. This is a big example because 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 um, Into the Spider Verse that is made to be seen in theater just because of the yeah. the visuals. It looks and absolutely also, insane. It feels screen. like as if it's like a turning point in animated like movies. Like it's like mm-hmm. you know when 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 a so, movie comes out and people say that hey this is this is like a new thing that they're going to now be doing in theaters now. Like it's almost like as if people were just, you just invented something new. They for this they said on the experience. Hilliard Guest podcast this is like. Our Fantasia almost we don't realize it yet but it's going to be mm. yeah. But so much that, better because Fantasia. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta Latria say it for the fiftieth like time. Yeah, Latria, Latria made me sure she let us know she does not yeah. like it. Ooh, but yeah, love. like it's movies like that. That's that's what I'm saying. So, but the, there are other movies that I, for example, The Witch. Oh my God. Yeah, another see, movie because see, see when you theater. when you're at home. And like, like the best, the main thing about a theater experience, you can duplicate this at home if you're careful with like your lighting and how you set your shit up. Is you mm-hmm. have rapt attention at the screen, no, no serious distractions, and you have a nice. Hopefully, if you have a good theater, you have a nice, clear quality picture and an audience that's paying attention to it and not on their phones or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. The witch requires that. So that you get scared out of your goddamn mind by the end of the movie when that guy when Black Philip ass show up. <laughs> that is that's a movie that you just like theater, right? Because yeah. again, it's the suspenseful music that surrounds you all over. The darkness, the the tension, the jump scare. You don't know what's around the corner. That sort of thing. Yeah, you see the end of theater. Okay. Uh, uh, or yeah, so you, you can, can sit there and you the can be like be like me and start reciting Bible verses and and, and I'm sitting there grabbing grabbing that grabbing that Joshua arm because I saw that with yeah. jo- with Joshua um, the, um our writer see, friend. You need to, <laughs> then you need to have you need to have drunk before you watch the movie. You know what to do. <laughs> I did drink get before some, us. I did drink before I saw us. Uh, us did not require it. It, it, it really did, but I I, I was cautious because I I had, I was not. <sighs> I had avoided all the trailers and stuff, so I didn't know. Um, Very well, but yeah, but yeah, like I and I and like I said, when I got this new TV, I understand people like 
you millennials. I'm a millennial. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millennial too. I understand, but are you sure? <laughs> I, okay, I'm actually a 60 year old man in disguise. <laughs> in a in a millennial body. Yeah. Um, Shazam. Um, <laughs> oh Lord. But I see because you know, like you have a good TV at home, or whatever. Like now. Because a lot of these theaters, like, the quality is not good. We talked about this in earlier shows. Like, they aren't giving you a quality picture. If you want to have a quality picture, you got to go to an AMC and pay for Adobe Cinema prices. $22 for a second on that. A lot of people, like Brandon has explained, for casual people, they don't even know sometimes that they're going to a theater that's bad. They don't even know until they go to see, they go to another theater where the, 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 the screen I think you're talking about you. You're talking about no, I'm, you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm literally Cause, telling, cause you, I'm used telling to, you. You used to go to North Cab. And I'm saying that I can't, I can't be the only one. You, I think most people I can't be the, tend to be like, don't go there, go here. Yeah, but there are some people who just don't, they don't care about that stuff. Like it's, they don't care or they don't even notice that they're in a theater that's, that's, Showing you like bad quality because you know right? the, and, the trip to North Cab. That's where most parents take their like children when they have like five and six, like a, like the children, their friends when they go and go see like an animated movie or a family film because the tickets are cheap there and just less money to go and take the kids and have them get popcorn and stuff. And they don't really care about the presentation quality. North Cab don't really give you presentation quality. It's not what they're there for. <laughs> then you go to a movie theater that is actually good quality and yep. then you see, oh, this is what a theater experience is supposed to be like. Right. This is, you know, and then you start appreciating it and then you start actively looking forward to that experience from now well, on. One of these days, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to see a Dolby cinema movie. It's gonna blow your goddamn mind. Oh my God. He has not experienced Dolby. No, he has not. Woo, changed my life. I I hadn't returned back to Regal since. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since. What did we see, Brandon? You saw... Because um, I uh, saw it with John you Witt. for the first time. Oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no, no. Oh, oh, the, no, we saw um, Endgame. But we saw Endgame yes. in IMAX 3D. Oh, okay. But I thought that, was Do- that wasn't that was Dolby. No, that now. wasn't Dolby. Um, you saw, okay. saw John Wick in Dolby. Yes, but I thought I saw something before John Wick and Dolby, and that's why I could have. Sw- I can't remember what it was, though. But yes, oh my God, that bass! Like, right? It is the best, the best thing. Yeah, because the Regals don't have IMAX 3D. Well, at least that Regal, Regals, Regal Atlantic yeah. Station does have IMAX 3D, but most of the other ones around town do not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. One of these days, I'm trying to figure out what movie it is. Um, I don't know. It's got to be something. That's- like right. loud. It's got to right. be an action movie. It can't be Frozen 2 because Disney loves to mix their shit soft. I was thinking about Frozen mm-hmm. 2, but um, I'm sure the only thing loud mm-hmm. about it is going to be Adina Menzel singing whatever this new song is about oh, Into the Unknown. Oh, God. I am so not looking forward to her singing <laughs> again. <laughs> she, you know, every, she irritates every, me. Every child under 10 will be singing she, the song. I don't think she's that good of a singer, honestly. Uh, I mean, she is. It's just that... Mm. Like... I don't know because you can tell that they auto tune. Uh, yeah, with, like with, I feel uh, like go a little she's bit here not. I don't think it's good for movies. Maybe for stage, but just not for. Film. I think she I must know. might just have like some like pitch control it's issues her, every now yes. and then because yes, when, when she she's does. on, she's yes, on, she and when she's not, she's not. 
Because some, I don't know where it was, but I think she was like singing, was it the Oscar? I don't know. It was, it was the Oscars. It was uh, she yeah, Adele Dazeem shit. Child. When she did let it go. And I was like, um, It was a hot mess. And she should have let that go. <laughs> because <laughs> it was bad. I, I think I turned, or like put the TV on mute. And I was like, oh, no, ma'am. Mm. We are not. We are not doing this. Me, Tom, um, Tom, um, not Tom. What's that man's name? Um, John Travolta called her the wrong damn name. Child, we not gonna. It flustered her, I guess. I Listen, don't know. we can't talk about him because he goes to you know where, and right. so we are bleeping them out. Right. <laughs> All right, but yeah, uh, that has been our show, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. You can find our show at ssmpodcast.com on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Spotify, Acast, and wherever else podcasts can be found. You can find us across all social media under the handle at SSM Podcasts. And please join our group, the Say Something Nice Podcast group on Facebook, where we go in there and talk about all this stuff and more. Yes. Uh, anything else before we go, y'all? Yes. And if you really do want to uh, say something nice after dark, please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> please, please let, let us know. know. I am. I am so I'm, ready. I'm so done. Like, if you also want, well, say, fine, say, I, listen, Ali, it can just be me and Brandon. You don't have to participate, okay? <laughs> if you also want, say something saved. We can do that. As well. <laughs> listen, we can branch out. Okay, make this a conglomerate. <laughs> why do I? Why do I put up with him? <laughs> because I show you bigger on the ET Plus. That's why. <laughs> And I let you come into my house and um and take my sea salt off the shelf because the people at the restaurant didn't put enough salt on your fries for your liking. You want to have um a heart attack apparently in my home. Oh Listen, Lord. Stop trying to police my health too. <laughs> you, your body, Who's your just choice. Trying to make your life overall better, Ali. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Brandon, me... they did not put enough salt on these fries. Like, Ali, they're trying to save your life. You know, it was like, do you have salt? Here, here's the salt. Thank you. <laughs> Latria. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go because you Latria, about to, you about to, I have, <laughs> to say Latria I try, on me. Latria, I, have, I try, Latria. I have all the patience. I really do. I be trying. Lord Jesus. But yeah, this has been the, this. I saw it in Smash. This has been the Say Something Nice <laughs> podcast. Oh I am, I am Sebastian the Crab. And I am here with flounder and I cannot Chef Louis <laughs> Chef Louis sing it sing it sing it Louis oh my god <laughs> and we will see you next time at the sea oh my gosh. bye bye <laughs>